Hello and welcome to episode 136 of Flicks in a Six. I'm one of your hosts, Anthony Costanzo, with me forever and always, the man, the myth, the dredge, Alessandro Bailsi. Say hello, Al. I'm Ron Burgundy. Also returning this week, you know him as the peanut gallery, Dominic Bailsi. Say hello, Dominic. No, I'm peanut gallery. I gotta be silent. The peanut gallery talks too much. That's the whole thing. It's like It's like the thing that is the peanut gallery. Oh, God. We're starting over. <laughs> now, on this week's episode, we've got sequel news, Al's going to do a reading from Twitter, and other nuggets up for discussion, all before diving into our flick of the week, Titan AE. But first, Al, what are we drinking? Well, by lucky happenstance, Dominic seems to have had <laughs> the beer that we had, which is a rare. We one. nailed it. Three people, three of the same beer. <laughs> boom, boom, boom. <laughs> so we have, courtesy of friend of the podcast, Alex Firestone, who brought some of these beers over to the house a while back. Sam Adams, Mountain Berry. It's a limited release. It's a light-bodied ale with notes of bright fruit, uh, which it says multiple times on this. Um, it's it does say that and, a lot. <laughs> it's bright and light. This light ale is aged on. Oh, my God. <laughs> What? It's bright and light. This light ale is aged on. If you say bright fruit, I swear to God. <laughs> this light ale is aged on raspberries and blackberries grown in the Pacific Northwest. The bright Bigfoot fruit notes, refreshingly light body, and striking color and aroma make this the perfect brew for changing things up. This looks very pretty. It does. It looks like a rosé wine. It yeah. smells... Um, Dare I say, light and fruity. <laughs> <laughs> Does it smell light and bright? All right, let's give it the sucker a taste. Cheers. Cheers. What is that monstrosity? Why do you have such big drinking vessels? What's why the matter is, with you? Why, why is don't your... you have exceptionally large drinking vessels? Well, we do have large drinking vessels for when we do pints or pints plus, but you have a, it looks like an actual barrel that has a handle on it. It is a faux barrel with a little metal interior, <laughs> large drinking mug, and nice. when I have to drink on special occasions, I use it. Um, I'm upset you didn't drink out of your drinking horn. I'm going to have to try you this again. You know what? I intentionally threw that out just to piss you off. You threw out the horn? No, I didn't throw it out. I still <laughs> have it. That was a gift. I know. It was a gift. And I'm taking this it This is, me. um... Is your beer okay? <laughs> I mean, it tastes like beer. Mine has some sort of strange, fuzzy mouthfeel. <laughs> I mean, I have had this beer before. Okay. Like, a couple of months ago. And it tastes the same as it did then. It's a solid beer. It's not amazing. It's, it's a little fruity. It's light and bright. I'm yeah. just wondering if maybe the beer was the glass... Was potentially had some dust or something in it, and I didn't realize it. Yeah, the more I drink it, the more it tastes like raspberry. Like it was aged on mm-hmm. raspberries and blackberries. It was just the first few sips. We're good. We're back. Okay. It's, it is good. It is good. Uh, you have like to be concerned there. I was like, because like this is an okay beer. Like it's fine. No, no. <laughs> I didn't think that the beer was a bad beer. I was thinking that something was wrong with my setup here. <laughs> Okay. Like either the beer went bad or something was wrong with the glass. I think it was the latter because it seems to have resolved itself. <laughs> and uh, I might have a belly full of lint. It's not clear. <laughs> Wait, so now you're saying that you put your glass in the washing, the dishwasher, and then you put it in your dryer and you didn't clean out the trap. Right. Right. I forgot to clean out the trap. That's what it was. You know, 
You know, when you eat the lint? Yeah. You when, get it. When you, throw your, <laughs> when you throw your glassware in the clothes dryer. Right. Right. Well, I I, uh, I am known for calling the dishwasher the washing machine. So that's... <laughs> uh, I just did it before. Like, I, I caught myself, but I did it. But I'm like, what are your thoughts on this? This is... Um, uh, this I, is a, oh, I taste some subtle hints of bright fruit. Um, <laughs> I like it quite a bit, though. Uh, Did you I taste think bright is, notes of subtle fruit? Yes. Bright fruit, yeah. Bright, yeah. It's, this is an excellent beer for a hike, and I think that's because Brian gave this to me on a hike. And uh, this is, yeah, you know, this is an excellent and pleasant beer. And you always remember nice, your first. Sunny, breezy day. And I love blackberries, so literally any beer I can find on Tavor with uh, blackberries, I will buy it immediately. And I hope Tavor is listening to our podcast because I would <laughs> like to be a spokesperson for them because I've gotten at least three people onto the app. So I would like a little bit of change from them well, or just give me free beer for a month. Anthony's they don't want anything. You're, you're, you're just giving them your money. They're happy with, how, they're happy with their sure. current arrangement. <laughs> Anthony's friend Jay is also a huge patron of Tavor. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so I've seen on Facebook, but... Uh, I, I was would the be first curious. person to like Tavor. No, Jay I would be was very, you. Jay was Jay was early. Jay was definitely early. I'd be curious uh, where Jay has spent more of his money on Tavor or on Clash of Clans. It's one of the two. Oh, there's no uh, possible way he spent the same amount of money on Clash of Clans. He was talking about that one delivery that he got that was like a thousand dollars. Yes. No, I know. Jerry's still out. Oh no. <laughs> People who like saw his credit card bill and realized he spent twenty thousand dollars on Clash of Clans. I was like, "Oh God, I, I have to dispute these." I, I don't know. I I know the number last time I talked to him, and I know that he still does it. So I'm not sure where he's at now, and I'm not gonna. I won't say, but I will say north of that figure. <laughs> oh my God! <laughs> I would be concerned about north of that figure on the beer, let alone the clans. <laughs> I can't imagine spending a single cent. On one of those, yeah, uh, it's just they're not they're not for me. I will say, um, I I haven't needed to uh, tap into Taver Tavor whatever it is uh, on account of I have Frank, and every <laughs> and every couple of weeks Frank goes, I have these six new beers for you if you would like them. <laughs> you can pay me these amount of dollars, and I and every time I'm just, I just I don't even respond with a yes or no. I just send him the money. <laughs> <laughs> I was say, between me and Frank, you're well-stocked with a delightful mm. assortment of beer. Oh, the beer fridge? Full. Completely full. Well, how many like, if I you gave me one more, it wouldn't fit. When you were here last weekend? Like, what, was it 14? I don't know. I think it might have been more than that. Oh, it's no, I intense. plus 14, plus the Newberg beers that I already had. I think it came out to about 20. I would like to point out that this particular beer that you guys chose was at the back of the refrigerator, while the beer that I had prepared for the show, which I was told was the beer that we would be doing, was right up front. <laughs> well, I well, had it, and I did, but it didn't have it in his apartment, I guess, which is confusing. The yeah. peanut gallery is the ultimate troll, is what which I'm getting. That's true. You know, maybe <laughs> we should just save it until we do Happy, uh, Happy Gilmore. I mean, it, it it would be fitting. <laughs> it would be fitting. I mean, the the artwork of it is is I think uh, whoever designed that should definitely get at least a little bit of money from what is their uh, happy Happy Madison. Yes, yeah. I don't think it works that way. I think generally you would get sued 
<laughs> rather than them giving you money. Yeah, anyways, <laughs> I think it's one of. I don't think Dominic out. understands how cash flows. <laughs> well, I was to say it's more of a fair, like a fair use issue. Yes, like, right. Whether or not you can draw your own thing that's not an actual scene <laughs> from the movie. Uh, no, I guess it's not. It's 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 an amalgamation of scenes from the movie. It's what? <laughs> it's like a bunch of scenes that are put together. It's uh. We got the we got all in the hips, I believe, is going on there, and then Shooter McGavin is standing in the background making his little gun fingers. But I can't, I don't remember, I don't have it in front of me. But it's all just tap it in. Also, looks like it's kind of yeah drawing uh, inspiration from that scene as well. Well, Yeah, so it's all over. Maybe I can uh, consult you for my future plans for a Lord of the Rings themed jerky brewery. I'm sorry. (laughs) I. Don't quite follow what's happening here. Are, are we, we are we making jerky and beer and watching the Lord of the Rings, or are we opening up a jerky brewery, which is the first of its kind? Yes, that's <laughs> Where? Right. It's going okay. to be right next door to the restaurant slash tattoo parlor. Yes, <laughs> Ruby Tattoosdays. We, we will also be streaming Lord of the Rings just every night of the week because. Oh yeah, I'm not going. <laughs> that's wow. That's how that's gonna go down. I'm pretty disappointed that you won't be trying Al's beer. That's gonna be Lord of the Rings themed, and my jerky that will also be Lord of the Rings themed. Speaking of which, in the rush to get you all of those beers, I forgot to give you the Al's Ale's Golden Ale. God damn it, man! <laughs> uh, I guess I shouldn't have said anything because you didn't miss what you didn't have. Ah, oh, this sucks. <laughs> well, there was I. The thing is, I remembered shortly after you left, and yeah. things done differently. Probably would have figured that out sooner. But eh, what, are you, what are you gonna do? It'll still be there for me, right? Yeah, you hold on to it. You hold on to it. Well, if I don't drink it all, but uh, no. <laughs> well, well, in a in a few in a, what it's like, I don't know. Like in less than a month, we'll probably be doing something Lord of the Rings related. I mean, so. we still haven't yes. put a firm date on it, but yeah, some sometime in the next month or so. All right. Yeah, so I'll get it then. So what are um, our, what are our grades for this beer? Uh, I'm going. I'm scale? going. Thuckle. You gonna give us one thuckle? Yeah, one thuckle. <laughs> just the the, the, the thumb this. knuckle, like not a full thumb, <laughs> just like a knuckle, so half a, half a thumb. What one thuckle, as we've we've termed it the last few weeks? Yeah. If you're feeling real squirrely, you can give it two thuckles, and then you can figure out where does that stand. Is it's, that a it's thumb? Is, thumb. That, is two thuckles? <laughs> is two thuckles not just one thumb? <laughs> it's, I guess if you don't, if like if you don't want to say it, I feel like that's like a, I don't know, it's like a point nine, you know, it's not, it's not quite into the next number. Because I feel like I'd give this one thumb. I'm not ready to give it one and a half thuckles. One and a half thuckles is three quarters of a thumb. No, no, no. One. <laughs> one thumb and a thuckle? Is that? Oh, okay. <laughs> okay, so a thumb and thuckle? Welcome to meth with the beer and movies. <laughs> thumb, uh, I'll give it. I was thinking between a thumb and a thumb and thuckle. Got it. <laughs> Dominic, what, what do you give this? I don't know about you guys. I feel like certain beers are taste better in certain circumstances. So if I'm on top of a mountain drinking this, I would give this a good 8 out of 10. Ooh. In my apartment with the sweltering heat because you made me turn off the fan, I would give it yeah. like a six and a half, seven out of ten. So eight out of ten thuckles? Yes, eight out of ten thuckles. <laughs> it sounds like you've turned on another fan. I'm just assuming it's your computer. <laughs> uh, I don't have any other fans on. <laughs> no, it must be the fan on your computer. Uh, yeah, I guess so. Also, it's I don't know, Anthony, if you've noticed, but since you moved to that position, 
Dexter is occasionally popping up in the corner over yeah. her shoulder. Yeah, well, I see him. I didn't see him at first because he kind of blended in and it was only the very top of his head. And then he like dramatically popped his head up and <laughs> slowly retracted back down to the couch. He's All right, so, a sleepy boy. So I got a thuckle. Al, you're at... One thumb. One thumb. And Dominic? I'm at eight-tenths of a thuckle. Eight t- eight okay, that's really low. That's like barely anything. Uh, <laughs> I'm at a, I am at a firm seven out of ten. Well, remember, eight we're out of on, ten if we were hiking. We're on okay. a two. We're on a. How make, does that translate? We're on a two de- thumbs down to two thumbs up scale. So it's right. Like, what, eight really? tenths of a thuckle would be what, like forty <laughs> percent of a thumb. <laughs> you know, I'm, new to your guys is, uh, I'm not sure about the conversion exactly. I'm gonna go with forty percent of a thuckle. No, for oh, the is not the same thing. <laughs> at, at your at your beer jerky place, we are also going to hold classes in thuckle math. <laughs> I mean, please do, because I am just so lost. Thuckometry. Uh, <laughs> I'm grasping this oh, as well man. as uh, Charlie Day does reading in uh, Always Sunny Philadelphia. <laughs> yeah, I was just listening to Charlie Day's armchair the other day, and just what a delightful episode! It's just. They're just chill and easy and nice. But I have I to say, I'm going to dispute the hike thing because I don't see hike when I see this beer. I see, like, walking through fields of gold as if I'm in a sting song. And you Okay, know, maybe so that a- was on purpose. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> maybe a picnic. The name literally like- says, the name literally says Mountain Berry. Yeah, it has, the berry it has subtle be- hints of... It has subtle hints of bright fruit. So, yeah, I mean, but it doesn't have subtle hints of mountains. So. Yeah, well, my first sip did. No, I, it, the berries can be from the mountain, but I would like right. to enjoy it on flat ground in the sun. It's called 65 degrees. Cornhole? Cornhole would be great. Mm. Mm. All right. The mountain berries do taste like mountain berries, though. Al, why don't you kick us off with some news and nuggets on account of all of these topics are yours. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't usually how it's been the last several weeks. Although I, I, I got the ship on cruise control today. <laughs> okay, let's start with the news. The news of the day, which is to say the news of several days ago. Uh, this is from an article in E! Online from June 23rd. Exclusive, Will Ferrell and Rachel McAdams talk Wedding Crasher sequel, reuniting for Eurovision and more. What would a Redding, Wedding Crashers 2 look like? Yeah, Wedding <laughs> Crashers question. is what a kid was going to come out of. <laughs> e! News co-host Scott Tweedle made sure to ask all about the potential sequel during this exclusive chat with Wedding Crashers alums, Bill Farrell and Rachel McAdams. While Tweedle was eager to, for details about the Wedding Crashers follow-up film, the two actors, who've reunited for a new Netflix movie, Eurovision Song Contest, colon, The Story of Fire Saga, stayed relatively tight <laughs> Wedding Crashers 2 yeah I think we can just say it's being written Farrell told E! News Um, as Tweedle joked about potential plot lines Farrell jokingly suggested that the sequel should be a drama about the characters subsequent divorces how about if it's just the lawyers representing everyone in divorce court Wedding Crashers (laughs) 2 he quipped and just make it a legal drama not funny at all (laughs) (laughs) Which I think would be... That would be an awesome way to do it. It would be a choice, right? Like To yeah. make it like a really like serious courtroom drama with like the minutiae of 
how they're fighting over assets and custody battles and all that sort of stuff. Right. With not a sick, not even black humor, like just straight laced as could be. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, <laughs> that would be awesome. Also like he's known to, to be telling the whole truth <laughs> during these interviews. There's like, there's like old ones about Anchorman and like, it sounds ridiculous, but like those were the actual plot lines. Oh, you're talking, about the, you're talking about the one where they crash the plane and they're on <laughs> monkey Island. <laughs> Yes. It sounded oh, great. Man. I can't believe they didn't make that movie. It sounded great. Uh, it sounds fantastic. There's a, uh, a uh, there's a handful of interviews with people talking. It's like it's like one of those things that like it, it's come up in interviews so many times with different people that have been involved in the movie, and either they are all playing this ridiculously Elaborate long joke. joke, right, where they like rehearsed this whole thing, or like they all like legitimately remember what the movie was going to be beforehand and like i keep hearing this story of this one scene of them having crashed the plane and deciding like which one of the group they're going to eat first but in the background you can see the golden arches (laughs) (laughs) i don't remember that specific scene dominic have you heard about that what the original anchorman was supposed to be no i haven't um I, so, uh, please, please do tell. <laughs> so the the big picture was it was going to be like the four of them on a plane traveling from whatever destinations, and on the same plane they were going to be transporting a bunch of like ninja stars and like weapons of and that monkeys. sort, and also sh- transporting a bunch of monkeys and crates, and they were going to crash land on this like island, and it was going to be like a survival all out war against these monkeys in which the ninja <laughs> weapons had been divvied up between monkeys and humans and how, who was going to win and survive and all of that. <laughs> so Jesus. good. I would watch that movie. I'm a little hesitant about this wedding crashers too. Same. You know, every single comedy sequel seems to do poorly. Anchorman two was garbage. Oof. Zoolander two was wet garbage that's out in the summer like <laughs> 2 was garbage that was out in the winter so at least the cold dead in the smell but no I, i'm just worried i think it was a wrapped up story like i love mm-hmm. all the characters in anchorman and in zoolander i just don't think it needs to be done and i'm worried especially after some of the last you know will ferrell comedies i really haven't enjoyed very much mm-hmm. i have to say yeah. i don't understand why they didn't just do instead of anchorman 2 they just did the original plan for the sequel. Because if they couldn't get that movie made the first time, why wouldn't they have had the cachet to get it made the second time? Mm. That's a good that's a good point. I uh I'm I'm with you, Dominic. I'm not I'm not like super excited or anything about this. I, I it's like there's there's plenty of movies. I love movies, but there's plenty of things that don't need a sequel. Like they're just like yes. they're great. Like they're standalone. Like there's no adding to that story can I feel like can only do it harm. The only I would say I would be more on board with them with all of those characters doing another not not the not sorry not the characters all of those actors doing another movie. Agreed. And like you know different plot different relationship whatever like I think they're the, part of what makes that movie great is the chemistry and the writing like you can you can have that again somewhere else like it doesn't need to be in Wedding Crashers. We need more of that because the the Garland Deus model needs to be embraced more in TV and movie where. Hey, we all love working together. Let's do it again, but it doesn't have to be a continuation of this story. Because right. Wedding Crashers is 
a self-contained story. We don't really need to find out what happens to those people down the line. I mean, I won't rule out that they could do a decent job of it because of course it's possible, but it's hard with comedies doing sequels. And it's even harder when it's 15 years later, a la Anchorman, a la this situation. Um, I mean, like 22 jump street was still pretty funny, but there was what, like four years between those movies instead of 15. Mm hmm. So the that few was, sequels that, that I think was that were actually good for comedies was Ted 2 and 22 Jump Street. I didn't see Ted 2. I, I also wasn't like the biggest fan of Ted, but that's not... I, I, I both Ted movies. I really, really liked the first one. I think the second one's just okay. There are some funny scenes, for sure, but overall, I, it was not... It didn't, I don't feel it measured up to the first one. I don't think you could ever label it as bad, though, like Anchorman 2 or Zoolander 2. It's not as bad as that, but it's I still wouldn't call it good either. I, yeah. I enjoyed um, it a lot. I thought Super Troopers 2 was trash. I thought, um, like, compared to, especially comparing comparing to the first one, Dumb and Dumber 2 was, like, had some funny moments, but, like, overall, it's it, nowhere near the original. And it's, like, it's funny with something like uh, even Anchorman. Um, that sequel really like messes up your perspective of and your relationship with the original content. Like I like that other thing is that like it, it doesn't really change the movie. The other movie's still funny, but for some reason there's like this cloud over it now with that with that sequel. It's just like it makes it worse <laughs> just by being associated with it. See, I treated that one, I guess, kind of the way that some of these people who didn't love the Matrix sequels do, where it's like, it kind of doesn't exist for me. I saw it the one yeah. time, and that was kind of it for me. I mean, and that's fair. Um, it's just, it, it, yeah, like, it was it was really bad. But, like, when I think of Anchorman, I think, oh, I love that movie, and then I think of, like, then in my mind loops through some of the weird stuff of the second one, like, ugh. Like that's like that's there. I don't want any other association with wedding crashers unless they unless like that's not to say like if you have a great idea like if there's something that you really want to do, awesome. But like if it's just to do if it's just to do it again or like just to go back to it like then it doesn't feel. But I would have to assume that with all of this time having passed and this surfacing, that someone had an idea that they think works. Yeah, I don't it, think well, it's a cash grab. At least I'm hoping that's the case, right? Yeah. But now I'm like, is there someone know. getting a haircut in your apartment? No. <laughs> Am I the only one who hears that? Oh no, I hear it. A haircut? I mean, it might be my AC like twenty feet away. Is there's there... a buzz. There's a buzz saw somewhere. <laughs> is there a helicopter that has descended into the street outside the window for a drug bust? Wait, wait! Don't don't say or move. Leave leave your computer exactly where it just was before you moved it just now. Stay there. <laughs> yes, it's finally. Coming. Don't move. <laughs> okay. How do I finish uh, the rest of my bright fruit? Oh god, it's back! It's back. Oh god, the sound is back. <laughs> Sorry, I really don't know what's happening or what's causing it. Like honestly, the only <laughs> thing that's creating any noise in my entire apartment is my AC unit, like twenty feet away. Well, I it's can't got see a, your it's hands. You've been using a tuning fork outside of the cabinet. That could be it. That could be one. <laughs> it's got to be the tuning fork. <laughs> What is happening? <laughs> I, I oh, really it's because you've been holding the computer. Is that a theremin? <laughs> <laughs> it's because you've been holding the computer in the air. Maybe keep it on a solid plane. Oh, yeah. Keep it down. Keep it down. You're yeah, good. It's, it's, All right. It's cool. Chilling. We're good. We troubleshooted. That's great. 
it's all better. We all feel that Wedding Crashers 2, don't do it unless you're really going to do it well. Like, and that's, there's a, there's a high, high bar there. Don't fuck it up. Um, it's back. Ow. Ow. It's back. You've got, tw- you've got, you got a reading for us? Uh, I do. Do you want to do the reading now? I want to do the reading now. I also remembered I had another, well, not a new so much as a reckless speculation, et cetera, so on. Oh, I want that. Give me reckless speculation. Well, it's not going to be one that makes you happy, though. Oh. <laughs> so I'm just going to throw this out here because I largely don't want to engage with, actually, I don't know, considering if you consider uh, th- our three perspectives on the new Star Wars trilogy, where mm-hmm. Dominic largely hated it, you largely loved it, and I was kind mm-hmm. of in between the two of you. Right. Um, there's been this rumor, and it's totally unsubstantiated, which largely leads me to believe it's not true, and it's just wishful thinking in the way that some of this bullshit has been. There has been this rumor floating around that Disney is in this big internal fight, supposedly pitting John Favreau and Kathleen Kennedy against each other, in which they're going to create some sort of alternate timeline thing that would erase this recent trilogy the way that like flashpoint type of thing would do like, or crisis on multiple earths or whatever type mm-hmm. of thing, or, you know, the comic book thing where they create an alternate timeline and the thing doesn't exist anymore. And they start yeah. back from a certain point and whatever. I think it's the stupidest thing I've ever heard for, for a star Wars thing. And, and the mechanism they're talking about is the world between worlds that Palpatine has access to. It's a feature that oh, no. you can't, you can't, you can't do this. It's in star Wars rebels. And, and my opinion is similar to, to yours, Anthony. Um, we all survived the prequels. We can laugh mm-hmm. about. It. Yeah. We can survive this too. Whether you loved it or hated it, we can survive this. It's gonna be okay. Like you mm-hmm. you can keep making movies and TV shows and video games. It's gonna be fine. We'll find the yeah, fun in it, we'll find the good in it, we'll find the bad in it, and everyone's mileage will be different, and that's fine. Obviously, we need some distance from it the way that we have with the prequels, right? 15 years yeah. since they ended. We're going to be okay without having to erase it. Just leave it alone. It happened. Uh-huh. It is what it is. Learn from your mistakes, whatever they were, and just do better. Yeah, I completely agree. That's the way to approach it. Because if you go through some ridiculous uh, retcon, long, long con retcon is what I'm going to call this, of like building in some mechanic that can help you undo changes, that's actually going to that's gonna turn me, the person that likes it, against the whole thing. So as much as I agree with that, I will say the mechanic already exists. You haven't finished Rebels. You put it on mm-hmm. hiatus for a while. It's a thing that exists, the mechanism that's suggested here. But the way in which it was suggested shows, I think, is really proves why it's speculation. Yeah. Um, there is... A, like a world between worlds that exists in canon in Rebels that Palpatine has access to. Um, I like, would I I would say if you if you are if they're feeling strongly enough that they want to change how it went down, I would respect it more if they just made another one and change like uh, like a replacement movie. And like, then it can go down in the history as this very strange thing that exists. I'd actually appreciate that. I think that'd be so cool. And like, like I mean, like, kill it if you want to do that, you know? Like, and like, and do another nine or something, and like have like all the stuff that you've released for it, like, just be this strange 
thing that's out there that, uh, I don't know, eventually is worth something because the copies of them will run out. You know what I mean? Like something bizarre like that. So you're saying, I'd be more on board with that. You're than saying me. let the recent past die and kill it. Oh, come on. <laughs> you beat me to the point. I <laughs> you dick. Um, what's it called? Uh, yeah, the, I, I have not seen all of Rebels. I have seen The World Between Worlds. I won't speak to it too much because I guess Anthony is a little bit behind on it. I didn't like that whole concept of Star Wars, but I'll let you formulate your own opinion with it. Oh, I, I will say that at this point, I I don't consider new information about Star Wars spoilers. I, I'm happy with where I am, so if you want to talk about it, feel free. No, I, <laughs> well, it didn't seem like you were. Alice, I've heard the rumor that Alice speaking about. I haven't looked into it too much. I don't want them to retcon it as much as I don't like it. Just uh, let it I, be what it is. Yeah, just yeah. let it be and make new stuff that I do like, like The Mandalorian. Like um, the seventh season of Clone Wars, like this potential sequel to Rebels that they're make, possibly making, like the uh, Ahsoka. Jedi Fallen Order. Yeah, I love Jedi <laughs> Fallen Order. Make that new stuff. Let, just inundate me with good Star Wars content that makes me forget about the atrocious pile of shit that was the uh, sequel trilogy of Star Wars. And I don't know how, how you love it, Anthony, but you know, mm. it's not a criticism. It's just... I, I found it severely lacking and, you know, I had my rose tinted goggles on because I was six years old and got the action figures and saw, you know, Phantom Menace in theaters, you know, after having some time away from it and me and Brian are largely of the same uh, opinion on this is that the, the prequel trilogy, while it has many issues and faults, it knew what it was trying to do and it successfully, I think, achieved its purpose this one was just a steaming hot pile of garbage that was a mess of creators fighting against each other. But I really like a lot of other stuff that they're releasing, so it's not like I hate Star Wars. It's just I was not a big fan of that. Please don't retcon it. This is not Marvel or DC. Um, and I love what they do with it sometimes in Marvel and DC. Please don't do that. Star Wars is only going to piss more people off. I, than I take offense to you saying Marvel and DC. That's the only thing that I take offense to. Why? Do not put those two in the same class. Well, I think you meant more the comics than the movie. No, yeah, I know. Like, I know, like I them know. doing the whole retconning of things, like Flashpoint, like whatever. Sure. Mm-hmm. And I love Flashpoint, but just, yeah, don't do that to Star Wars. Just, you know, just don't do it. Mm-hmm. It, it can no, be its I'm, own I'm thing. You. And as far as, yeah, I, I don't want to get into it because it seemed you were enjoying Rebels for however much you've engaged with it. Oh, yeah, I do like it. Um, it Well, cause, just because that whole World Between Worlds thing has a very, very specific plot point that it is tied to, which it almost comes off as it's built there for Retcon itself. Um, but it's oh, a, on a yeah. much smaller scale than what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. It's really just about concerning one specific character, so I'm kind of okay with it. Um, I don't like using that wholesale, and even with it, there do seem to, even though they don't fully explain what the rules are, there are there are rules and there are severe limitations to it. Um, yeah. and this would be granting it too much power; those limitations would no longer exist on it. Mm-hmm. So I don't like it, and I just I don't get. You, uh, you made this whole big deal about turning all these other things into legends and making this canon and all that sort of stuff. If you're going to do it, just own it for however much it is or isn't a mistake. Just own it and move on. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I'm with you. Don't, so, don't, don't backtrack. Honestly, uh, changing direction is what got them here in the first place. So Yeah. Um, and it, and it, was, it was listening to the wrong people, but that's fine. We're, we're here. I mean, that was a big part of it. <laughs> 
Yeah. So, <laughs> so I will. Oh no, I lost it. Son of a bitch. I had this thing Classic. set up for us for the Classic next. Classic Al. No, it's not my fault. It's Twitter's fault. Leave me alone. Wow. While Al is looking, can I put my one little piece of new news out there? Of yeah, course. So uh, I follow three Star Wars channels on YouTube. I'm forgetting the name of one of them. Two of my big favorites. YouTube's? One. Yes, on the YouTube's. <laughs> uh, it's called uh, Star Wars Comics and the Stupendous Wave. I know there's a third one. I just can't remember the name of it. And one of the two, I was watching a video yesterday as I was driving home from work, and they okay. had... Okay. Hang on, uh, we're going to have to unpack that. Well, <laughs> did you just say you were watching a YouTube video whilst driving home from uh, work? More listening, you know what I'm saying. More I, I just, not I, you what I was to, hoping you to don't hear. Need to, yeah, you don't need to watch it. It's just a term I use. It's just okay, something okay. I was listening to. You had it on. It's just discussing it's, new announcements. Okay, you, you, please tell me. You just I want, I want you to tell me that you were listening to it. I that's what, that's what I need from video. you. Okay. I just use the term watching. Cause okay. that's just no, I mean, otherwise I have to come take your license. You know what I mean? Yes, like it's I like am, one of those I situations. Understand. I was listening to a video <laughs> on YouTube as I was driving home. Got it. From I believe it was Stupendous Wave, and they said the announcement that Ewan McGregor spoiled the name of the Obi Wan series, and you guys sure. are gonna love this. It's not Obi Wan. No, it's... Obi Wan: A Star Wars Story. No, it's Hello There. So, ah! he, so he was trolling the <laughs> shit out of everyone. So they asked him. I, I forget whatever it was. I, I can't remember what uh, setting it was that he was interviewing with. And they said, so do you know the actual title of this series? He's like, you know what? Uh, you know, that's a good question. And I think we've come with a good name that we like. He's like, hello there. And I was like, oh, <laughs> he, is, he is a master Jedi in terms of trolling. I like that. Can we go with that? I, I want to, I really I, hope so. I still, I, I want to play this. I, I have somewhere in an, in an attic here or at my parents' house, there's, that Obi Wan Xbox game, and I really want to play it again. I don't. I don't think it was good, I but I know I, I enjoyed it. Oh, that one <laughs> we were talking about a few months ago. Yeah, <laughs> it was about the Phantom Menace, essentially. Was it? I don't even know. I just know it was called Obi Wan. Oh, isn't that what you were saying? Wasn't I thought you said most of it followed a lot of like. I think. I think. I think so. A bunch of it did, but there's like more to it. I, I, I don't know. I have to play it again. What a weird. What a weird time. What do you, what, you, you got your, did you figure out Twitter yet? Did yeah, you want to have a Twitter? Out Twitter? I don't know why it like reset and like I lost the thread. So anyway, I will tee this off by saying first, rest in peace, Carl Reiner. Mm. Um, I feel like, I don't know why. I feel like you'd be someone who was like a Carl, big Carl Reiner fan. Is that accurate? Um, accurate enough. Like I, I know his face, and when I when I see it, it brings joy. <laughs> but I don't know. I can't like off the top of my head. I can't think of like a movie. Well, it's funny because like I I like I know he was an actor, but he was an actor. He was a writer. He was a director. I know he was responsible for the Dick Van Dyke Show. I know that he right um, responsible for the Jerk with Steve Martin and other th- yeah other things. I, I know. He I think that might be what I was thinking of. Was I think he got started working with Sid Caesar on like the Sid Caesar <sighs> show or whatever it was back in like, Sid the 50s. Caesar. Yeah. So okay. I have for you. Oh yeah, Ocean's Eleven. I forgot. Yeah. Like that's like something he was in. And obviously he's Rob Reiner's father, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, but so, and, and he's like Mel Brooks. Oh, he's Carl Rhinoceros in Toy Story Four. <laughs> Tremendous. 
him and Mel Brooks are like best friends. I know I heard an, an interview with him a couple of years ago, and he was like, "Oh yeah, like every week we still go to uh, it was breakfast or lunch together, the exact same deli, like every single week, and like somewhere in Long Island or whatever." And it's it's oh. it's funny slash sad. The other day there was some tweet from one of his, I think his daughter maybe or something like that. It was a picture of him and Mel Brooks like like hanging out together. It was just from a couple of days ago. And, you know, it was before he died. I think he died yesterday, yeah. right? Or the day before? I think so. Uh, so anyway, um, this is from Matthew Rosenberg, who I forget what... I think he's a writer. Right? He's a, He writes comic books. He's written some X-Men and some Punisher and some Hawkeye, Hawkeye stuff. So he had a okay. thread on Twitter that I found entertaining. It's, it's a little bit lengthy, but I think you'll all enjoy this story a little bit. So it said, I have a Carl Reiner story that I hold very dear to me. I figured I'd share it today on the day of his passing because I hope it will bring some other people some joy the way it does to me. Growing up, my dad and his twin brother fell in love with Sid Caesar's Your Show of Shows. It's the show that made my dad fall in love with storytelling and comedy. They worshipped Caesar along with cast member slash writer Carl Reiner. Caesar, Reiner, and the other writers on their show, including Mel Brooks, Neil Simon, Larry Gilbert, and Woody Allen, all made my dad and uncle want to be writers, which they both ended up being. Growing up, my dad's choice of dinner on every birthday was beef stroganoff. Why did he eat beef stroganoff on every birthday for his whole life? Because of a joke on your show of shows. <laughs> when Charlton Heston was a guest on the show, they did a Cold War spy sketch where Reiner was told to go to a restaurant and ask for beef stroganoff. It, that's in quotations. <laughs> he sits down, and the witches comes over, and Reiner says, I'm here for beef stroganoff. She leaves, and a short while later, Heston walks over to the table and asks Reiner, can I help you? And he says, I asked for Beef Stroganoff. And Heston pauses, and then in his deep voice deadpans, I'm Beef Stroganoff. <laughs> the joke made my dad laugh his whole life. Around 20 years ago, my dad had his yearly birthday call with his brother, their twins. My dad mentioned having Beef Stroganoff, and my uncle asked why he always had that on his birthday. Confused, my dad just said, because of the sketch. My uncle had no idea what he was talking about. It turns out he remembered the sketch clearly, but was convinced Heston's name in it was Sauerbraten, not <laughs> Beef Stroganoff. <laughs> they argued about this for years. My dad bought every DVD and VHS of your show, shows he could find. He watched every clip online and every documentary, but there didn't seem to be any surviving tape of this sketch. Jump ahead 10 years from then, and Carl Reiner writes a new book. He announces he will be signing and giving a talk in New York. My dad sees his chance. He buys tickets as fast as he can. My dad was desperate to ask him about this, this is amazing. person. But knowing that he may not get the chance, he also wrote up a letter to hand to Reiner in case there was no time to ask. When it came time for the signing, my dad waited in line. And when he got in front of Reiner, he told the story of how his whole life he'd loved the show and the sketch and Beef Stroganoff. But then he got in the fight with his brother. Carl listened to this. When he got to the part about how they couldn't remember whether it was Beef Stroganoff or Sauerbraten, he asked Carl point blank, which was it? Reiner simply stared at my dad, laughed, and simply said that was a long time ago. My dad thanked him anyway, got his book signed, and then decided to hand him the letter he'd written too, just because he had said some nice things in it about how much he appreciated Reiner's work over the years. Two months later, my dad's out for a bike ride. The phone rings. My mom answers. A man asks to speak to my father. She oh tells him that he's out. The man says he'll try back another time. She asks, who is it? And he says, Carl Reiner. And then, oh, my God, no number, no caller ID. Obviously, we're all in awe that he called and we wait for him to call back and we wait and we wait. 
Finally, a week goes back and the phone rings. My dad answers it excitedly like he'd answered every call for the past week. But this time, it's Carl Reiner again. (laughs) He says he read the letter my dad gave him at the signing and he found it so touching he wanted to share it with, quote, the others. Then he puts the phone on speaker and Carl Reiner is having dinner with Mel Brooks and Sid Caesar. Oh my god. (laughs) They're calling my dad to answer his question about a sketch from 50 years ago. (laughs) They all make some jokes and then admit they have no idea whether Charlton Heston was named Beef Stroganoff or Sauerbraten in the sketch. But they all agree that Beef Stroganoff is funnier, so they give the victory (laughs) to my dad over my uncle. (laughs) This was literally one of the best days of my father's entire life. His heroes called him up to chat and make jokes and then thank him for caring. It meant the world to him then, and it means as much to me now that they would do that. As a side note, a few years later, my dad went to the Museum of Television in New York and decided to watch some stuff from the archives. There they had some episodes of your show of shows that aren't available anywhere else. My dad sat down and watched them all. On the very last episode, they announced a special guest, Charlton Heston. Oh, man. My dad held his breath. The sketch begins just as my dad remembers it. And then Sid Caesar tells Carl Reiner... Go to this restaurant and ask for sour broughton. Oh! <laughs> oh man. So that even, is such a great story. Right? So even your oh. heroes get it wrong sometimes, but I love that my dad made the joke funnier. Thanks, Carl, for inspiring my dad to be a writer, and thanks for being so kind, generous, and warm. He tried to follow in your footsteps in all of those things, and I'm trying to follow in his. Oh, man, there is only like I. Th- the story is perfect. There is only one very minor missed opportunity, and that is when his wife asked who it was. He should have said Beef Stroganoff. <laughs> 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 oh man, that's a oh, that's a feel good one, right? That's I love a gem. that story, especially you know in a time where it's you know it's very sad that he he died, and he was over ninety years old, I think. So he lived a a long, full life, and he'll be remembered mm-hmm. by many people. Um, both through him and his also famous son's work. Um, right. But that's an incredible story. Okay. And, and hopefully everybody who listens to this because that really is a great story. Right? I, and I love, I love it. I love stories like that. And, you know, I love when creators who become famous still have an appreciation for those who appreciate them. It's, yeah. It requires a bare minimum of effort. And this was above and beyond a bare minimum of effort. So I really yeah. appreciate stories like that. For sure. Ah, oh, man, I want to, there must've been something real touching in that letter. There's some, some phrase or sentence that really hit home and like connected them. I feel like, right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, man, we, we're done. That's it for the show. This is what a high <laughs> note. You know what I mean? <laughs> no, but seriously, uh, you have another, you have another nugget of discussion. Yes. So I saw something. It was either last night or the night before. I don't remember on TV. Something I haven't seen in a very long time. Do you know what that thing was? <laughs> no. <laughs> I Eraser. saw a new trailer for a movie. What? No, I don't believe you. Yes. Can't be done. Real thing. <laughs> movie dated for release in theaters July 31st. It's a bold move. Right? Huh. Yeah. <laughs> And considering the way things are going right now, it's pretty bold move. To, but I just could, I just couldn't believe of all things, yeah. we've, had, we've had you know months without a trailer for a new movie. What was the last trailer for a movie? The King of Staten Island was that? Was that it? Yeah, I yeah. feel like it. I 
Yeah, I'm going through like weird withdrawals. Like, oh, I've gone through them already. I feel like when I'm going to go through like this crazy bender when the, like I'm able to go back to a theater, like confidently go back to a theater, not when they open. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm I'm pretty shaky on that myself. I, mean, I don't see myself going into a restaurant anytime soon for sure. And they've been opening some right. of those, although I guess they put a pause on that in Jersey, right? Um, so there's a movie called Unhinged. Uh, I saw a trailer, or I saw part of a trailer for it the other day. It was starring Russell Crowe's fat face. <laughs> okay. Uh, do you guys want to play the trailer? It's been a while since we played a trailer on here. Yeah, why not? Okay. Here. Can you find it quick? Because I got it. Yeah, I'm ready to go. Make it happen. This is an ad. This is not it. This is FX on Hulu. Do you want to you want to share the screen while you're doing that? So we can oh, I'm doing it on a different device. Hi, man. Go. Jesse, cool. I have no idea what's cool. going on from here. I uh I completely botched that. So uh, this is horrible. Uh, please bear with me. What I was trying to do was, was go full, full screen, screen? <laughs> and I closed it entirely so there's tremendous that. incredible um breaking phenomenon uh, here we go again was I here we go was i too mean to russell crow there we go i think so that's what it was all right oh man go Bold choice with the Nirvana. You know what a curse yeah. tap is, young man? Sounds like this. It's light. It's friendly. I'm sure that's what your mom meant to do. No, it's not. Mom! Oh. Having a kind of a hard time lately. I'm sorry. Accept my apology. Just ignore him. Well, if you could just do the same, we could press reset. I don't have anything to apologize for. Can you go, please? I hope this entire movie takes place in these two cars. <laughs> oh. Is that a hammer? Ma'am, are you okay? I'm pretty sure the guy in that truck's following me. He's road raging. Why don't you just chill, man? Go your own way. Missed opportunity for go your own way to play. I don't think you really know what a bad day is. <laughs> We'll find out. Oh. That phone. What is the timeline of this trailer? <laughs> Andy? No, I'm here. Yeah. I'm waiting for you. Uh, whose phone is this? I'm across from your friend. Hey, listen to me. He's not a friend, okay? He's a psycho who came after me today. This is where your first lesson begins. Give me my phone. Is that the guy that loves milk? Put him back on this goddamn phone! No, I can't do that. I can't talk to him. Yeah. What do you want? I need you to learn what a bad day really is. I need you to learn how to say you're sorry. Yeah, you're going to learn. Through violence and retribution. Sounds like you're waking up. Why awake? You better bring your A game. Oh my God. This is... Because you're going to need it. Oh, it's entirely too This is a long trailer. Yeah. There we go. Oh, okay. Man. Okay. Just call it 
Road Rage the movie. Only in theaters July. Call it the nail in the coffin for movie theaters. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> that That's looks kind of funny. That looks terrible. I'd say you'd have to be unhinged to go see that movie. Uh, well, at least in a COVID world in theaters. Well, that, that's what I... That's kind of I would like to point out that the trailer goes on for roughly three days. And it's they're all over the map with the storyline in the trailer. But there's one core piece of them being in the car with the other guy in the car threatening them. And we keep going back to that. And I just don't understand how the rest of the story is going to interplay with that at all. It's going to be weird for them to have a whole like feature-length film when 45 minutes of it is in that one scene. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. So that looks when, terrible. What's it called? This is like that meme where it's like, all right, I'm sorry for being rude. And... <laughs> oh, man, this is why I'm we can't have nice things because... like we. we we want movies, we're going to get this, then all of the movie theaters are going to close. That's what's going to happen. Yeah, and, you know, it might be because of the movie or it might be because of the pandemic. Who knows? Um, it's hard to say. <laughs> you know, say. it's really a bold strategy to say, hmm, every other movie is They're, they're both itself. equally bad. <laughs> Sorry, that's rude. I didn't see the movie. <laughs> <laughs> say, it, it's, it's, it's bold for every other movie in the world to have canceled itself and for them to be like, nope, we're going to market this bad boy. Yeah, hold my beer. <laughs> should I risk my should I risk death and horrible scarring of my lungs for Tenet or some other delightful blockbuster action movie or this? Surely this will be what I risk my life for. God, that looks bad. It looks so like I mean, I haven't seen the trailer in a long time and you would think that Maybe I would have been seeing it through, like, I don't know, rose-tinted glasses or something. But oh Like my someone Lord. wandering through the desert and seeing an oasis, yes. Right. But no, I'm just like, ah, I'll stay inside. Like, that's <laughs> that's what that trailer did for me. Was oh, I too man. mean to Russell Crowe? Um, hey, Maximus has feelings too, Al. Yeah, it was, it, I don't know, there was, there was something, um... There was something about the way that he was holding himself where I understand where your rage came from. It's, I mean, it is, it's not nice. But neither is making me watch that trailer. So I don't know. Maybe you're just a, I don't know, so you're a monster. Is net, what neutral. I got. net neutral is what I'm, I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they equal out somehow. Oh man, oh, Jesus, that was that was hard to watch. <laughs> uh, uh, man, man, we were on such a high before this. <laughs> well, you know that I have to. Now rain. I'm flustered. I have to, to rein you back in a little bit. Um, Jeez. I, I mean, you have to realize that at least 45% of this show is me trying to make you uncomfortable, whether it be That's fair. because I make a joke at the perfect timing that makes you accidentally snort beer through your nose mm. or, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. Yeah. Play a terrible trailer. Read Ugh. you nerd porn or tour. Oh, God. <laughs> read, read you selections of Bob Honey who do stuff. No, no. Okay, we're done here. Uh, it's time for fun and games. <laughs> it's time for fun and games. Uh, I've got a quiz today and on this quiz it's a little long it's like i don't know i think it's like so it says five minute quiz i don't know where they're getting this gauge from but i thought we'd do something different there's a lot of questions on it this is going to be a joint quiz we're going back and forth you're each answering one question at a time and then the result is for both of you okay we're going to see what happens to your two minds. So you could choose to either answer how you want to answer, answer how you think works the best for both of you, or really just try to get weird about it. 
This is, this is your mind's weird. This is your mind's on joint quiz. This is your mind's on watching the trailer from Unhinged. <laughs> so, which classic sci-fi character are you? Uh, I tried to find some Titan AE quiz. Shockingly, I could not. Shockingly? I did a- after after like I don't know what about about the tenth page on Google search results, which is like is a dark place. Like you never want to be that far. <laughs> and uh, I found something that was like Titan AE character personality quiz, and then I clicked it, and I was like, "This is a GeoCity site. This is amazing." Uh, then I answered all the questions, and then it crashed, and I was like. I've definitely, like, something horrible's happened to my machine, I'm sure, from that. But whatever. Yeah, you got a virus, and when you click on it one of these days, instead of Dennis Nedry, it's just going to be a dredge going, uh-uh-uh, didn't yeah. say that before. <laughs> uh-uh-uh. <laughs> but in, like, the dredge language. All right, so, Dominic, we're going to kick off with you. All right. Okay. What is your all-time favorite sci-fi movie? Star Wars, Alien, The Matrix, Avatar. Star Wars. Okay. Ow. Which of these categories are you most interested in? Space travel, alien invasion, time travel, or robot fiction? Space travel. I'm with you. That's what I picked. What would you do if you encountered an alien, Dominic? Kill it on sight? Find out what its goal is? Take it as a prisoner? Try to communicate with it? Uh, find out what its goal is. This is mm-hmm. literally the start of Mass Effect Andromeda. Al, would you voluntarily go on a trip to an unknown planet? I think that I would. Yes. Heck no. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Okay. Yes. Dominic, what would your role be on the ship? The commander, the flight engineer, the mission specialist, the scientist cosmonaut. Is that an an Armageddon reference? I think it is. I'm also fairly certain we've done this quiz before. There's no role like the comedian who cheers everyone up when the mission's going sour? No. So the, you're essentially you're essentially going for the uh, the engineer. What's his name? Is it Ken not, Donnelly? Yeah, Donnelly, engineer Donnelly. So that would be flight engineer. I think. Flight engineer. All right, cool. Al, what type of weapon will you take with you? My army, my mind, my gun, my bare hands. Is an army a weapon? My mitts. <laughs> Everyone uh, has the right to hang a pair of bare arms. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't. Know, I guess my mitts. Okay. Dominic, you are assigned to a mission that will probably cost you your life. What do you do? Request additional help, and in parentheses, I'm not going down on my own. Get someone else to do it. I don't know what to do. Proceed with the mission. Get some help. I'm not going down alone. Nice. Wow. You're you're sick. (laughs) We're going to take out more of the enemy, though. Al, are you a leader or a follower? Leader, follower, a bit of both. I do my own thing. A bit of both. Dominic, what are you fighting for? Supreme power, enlightenment, peace, salvation of the human race. None of these options is a girl worth fighting for? That's true. <laughs> oh, no, enlightenment. Okay. Al, which of these spaceships would you like to own? Star Destroyers, the USCSS Nostromo? I'm not, what is that? That's from The Expanse. For- oh, no, sorry. No, that's sorry, that's, that's alien, sorry. Wrong thing. Uh, engineer ship. USS Enterprise NCC-1701. Wait, so Star Destroyers, the Nostromo from Alien. Mm-hmm. What is the, just a generic engineer It ship? just says engineer ship. I think that's from, also from Alien. Oh, like is that, the oh, the, the, the engineer? Prometheus, the giant U ship from Prometheus. 
Wow. I was thinking that what's the what's the what's their ship called in uh in the Matrix? Wasn't that an engineer ship? Oh, well, yeah. kind of, the... but it's, it's the Nebuchadnezzar. Yeah, the Nebuchadnezzar. No, I know, but like, didn't it? Wasn't like a class. Oh, it doesn't matter. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, see, I think that they're talking about the engineer. Like the, the answer, engineer. the answer I, I, is Sardis. Yeah, so. I was gonna go. Yeah, um, Dominic, how do you prefer to travel? By plane, on foot, by boat, by train slash car? By really? foot. Men are not supposed to be in the air. He's afraid of planes. Huh. I hate planes. Oh. oh, I didn't know that. I don't like flying at all. Which planet would you consider moving to, Al? Mars, Mercury, Venus, or Jupiter? Pass. <laughs> <laughs> all of them are wholly inhospitable, and I guess Mars is the only one that's, like, adjacent to hospitable, and still wholly inhospitable. <laughs> so Mars. Yeah. Dominic, do you trust technology? Yes? No. I trust no one and nothing. I have my concerns. Uh, I have my concerns, because Skynet is not far off. Also, what kind of character? I like how they snuck Ron Swanson into option three. Yeah. <laughs> well, what kind of character would you be, Al? The villain, the unexpected hero, the sidekick, the bad guy who changed his ways? Hmm. I, I'm going to go with the bad guy who changed his ways. These are some good options. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be the fun character to play. All right, Dominic, do you have a partner in crime? I don't need one. No. Yes. And the insanely dark answer, I had one. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> yes. Don't drag Brian into this. If you could have a Brian superpower, what, what would it be? Uh, I assumed it was Dexter. Telekinesis, yeah. super strength, flight, shape-shifting. If, the, if I had a superpower? Yeah. I mean, I already have super strength, so... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's go with flight. Okay. Flight would be pretty dope. Dominic, how do, you, how do people describe you? Cunning, strong, intelligent, or opportunistic? Intelligent? Okay. Al, when you're not kicking butt, you are planning my next big idea, relaxing, studying, training. <laughs> Lately, when I'm not kicking butt, uh, big time relaxing because I get about one hour of that a day. Dominic, in high school, you were voted most likely to become president, most athletic, most, most likely to become a millionaire, most likely to get beaten up in college. <laughs> None of them? Like, I don't think they would have voted me for any of those categories, but mm. I'm going to go with president. Why not? Okay. Al, which of these things... There was, like, that that reaction to that was in no way at you. <laughs> Just to be yeah. clear, I don't know. I started reading the next question, and there was a weird ad above it, and then, I, and then it registered... That sound registered in my head as a response to what you just said, which would have been so rude. Um, <laughs> Because literally, the bar could not be lower. <laughs> uh, which of these things do you need to work on, Al? Your aggression, your tardiness, your selfishness, your communication skills. Tardiness. Dominic, this is a really dumb question. On a scale of 1 to 10, how brave are you? 10, 6, 8, or 4? <laughs> uh, i going to go with 6. A, 6. B, 9. Just make sure you're paying attention. Al, what would you do if you found out that your best friend has betrayed you? Get them back, beat them up, never speak to them again, forgive them, but never forget. I'd say forgive them, but never forget. I really feel like we did this quiz once before. Some Dominic, of the questions sound familiar, but overall, right? I don't think yeah. so. 
Dominic, violence is only appropriate whenever I feel like it, when saving someone's life. It's never appropriate to defend yourself. To defend yourself. Okay. <laughs> whenever I feel like it. That's a tremendous answer. <laughs> yeah. It's like Commander Al- Shepard. If you were to die, how, how would you go out? One-on-one fight? Stabbed in the back? Shot in the chest? I don't know, but I hope that it's epic. <laughs> wow. Um, let's go with epic. Okay. Dominic, which of these video game consoles did slash do you own? PlayStation, Wii, Nintendo Switch, Xbox. Xbox. Ow. Which DC villain is your arch nemesis? Lex Luthor, Darkseid, Sinestro, or Brainiac? Uh, let's go with Lex. Dominic, what would you dress up as for Comic-Con? The Hulk, Wonder Woman, Iron Man, the Queen of Hearts. Queen of Hearts. <laughs> Al, which of these movies are you most excited about seeing? Battlefield Earth, Fantastic Four, Sharknado, Green Lantern. Ew. Yeah. <laughs> right? They're all terrible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which Fantastic Four? Does it matter? The worst one. Oh, God. Um, I don't know. I'm going to go with Fantastic Four because the original is super cheesy, but it's kind of fun. Okay. Dominic, which one of these famous movie quotes would you say to someone? The longing you seek is not behind you. It is in front of you. They mostly come at night. Mostly. Arrogance and fear still keep you from learning the simplest lesson of all. It's not about you. Live long and prosper. The arrogance and fear one. Nice. Al, what is your favorite color combination? Black on black, green and blue, blue and red, yellow and black. Black on black. Okay. Interesting. You guys together have gotten Doctor Strange. You are Doctor Strange. Much like this neurosurgeon, you are intelligent, talented, and disciplined. You are driven by success, and you don't mind walking over other people in order to attain it. Sometimes you come across as insensitive and selfish, but you will soon come to realize that there are more important things in life than just being the best. That was, that was a, a long exit. Like, where did all of that come from? Was that pulled from? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> anyway, that was from the How Stuff Works Question mark, play. I, I don't know. <laughs> but uh, hey, not so bad. Not so bad. We got through it. That being said, let us get into our flick of the week. Titan AE. Released in the year 2000. Rated PG at an hour and 34 minute runtime. A young man learns that he has to find a hidden Earth ship before an enemy alien species does in order to secure the survival of humanity. Such a weird, there's some weird-ass phrasing in the IMDb synopsis section. (laughs) Sometimes I wonder, it almost, sometimes, not all of the weird phrasings, but some of the weird phrasings almost feel like, was this written in another language and translated to English? Mm -hmm. It definitely feels that way. Did the person hear about the plot from someone else and then write it? They were like, like, I don't know. Yeah, Earth they ship. Intern watch it for them, and then they just face <laughs> and found what the intern told me. Yeah. Well, I was thinking this of the, the Cliff Notes review. Of, oh, I checked it on Wikipedia. Does sometimes IMDb get lazy and just check Wikipedia? Is that how I think I think that's a possibility. Yeah. Well, that's the thing that I was wondering is the like I, I think we had brought this up on another show, but there's like a whole section of multiple synopsis synopsi, and <laughs> there's and uh, there's a whole bunch of them, and that the one that's that's chosen. It, like the, the one that's at the top is in that list too. So I don't know if it was like voted on or something like that. Oh, it could be the most people who like thumbs up 
or whatever. But like it's it's like a thing, right? Like the movie has a synopsis. Like do, find it <laughs> and put it here. Yeah, can we get a, a blurb from like whatever ended up on the back of the VHS? Because when this movie came out, VHS was the gold standard. That's true. It DVD also says, existed, but VHS was still the gold standard. It says real 3D on the bottom, which is interesting. Oh, I don't remember that being a 3D component. Neither do I. Um, but it also says for on the top, like it's toting from the director of Anastasia, which I think is just a fun thing to do. There. It was Don Bluth. Didn't he do a bunch of those like animated movies? I'm sure. I, we'll, uh, well, you know, not to jump around too much, but like uh, one of my notes is just like, I will forever be completely amazed by hand drawn animation. I don't understand. I've seen it done, and I don't understand. Like, it is magic to me. <laughs> well, the funny thing about this movie is, and I I don't want to be so arrogant as to say it was the first one, but it feels like it was among the first ones to blend the hand-drawn animation with computer-generated because there is a lot of hand-drawn, but there is also a healthy amount of CGI. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's strange. It's strange. I'm not sure. I don't really know what the mechanics are behind it, but it is the year 2000, and you know there's a lot of computers involved in the year 2000. Speaking of the year 2000, and this is going to be something I come back to multiple times when we do this, this is so maybe the most 2000, 2000 movie. Not yeah. 1999, not 2001. Specifically no, no. the year 2000. 2000. Yep. And we've talked about like the epochs of movies on this show, especially in for the last 30 or 40 years. And how specifically 99 to 2001 is its own era. Uh-huh. But I think this is the most 2000 movie we've ever done. The only other contender I think might be, and I have to double check as I'm saying it, but was Bedazzled 2000? That's I think so. Only, that's the only contender for most 2000 <laughs> Most movie. 2000? It is. It's 2000. Yeah. That's the only other contender for the most... <laughs> Specifically, the year two thousand. Oh man, we were we were watching. I don't. I have this weird thing where I'm able to, like, with relative accuracy. Like most of the times, spot on for the year. Like I'm given a movie, and I just give you a year, and it happens to be right most of the time. Kim and I put on Three to Tango the other night. She had never seen it. I was throwing it on because it came up on. I think it was. I think it was either HBO or Netflix. One of them had it. But I was like, oh okay, I, I put it on. And uh, I was like, wow, it's like this movie, like you can feel it. You can feel when it came out. Like, I don't know. I was like, I don't know the exact date, like the year. But I was like, but you know, you know the time frame. And Kim goes, I'm going to look it up. What date? Like, you know, say a year. And I was like, ah, ah, 98. <laughs> and she looks down and she looks up at me and she just shakes her head. <laughs> and it's not the first time that I've done this. It's, it's See, a weird I have thing. that skill as well. And you would think that makes sense for us. We're both it's a completely useless parlor trick. <laughs> we're, we're both cinephiles. We did this at a bar once. And I said, if you give me a movie, I'll give you. For any movie that came out in 1980 on. Um, and I can do it for older movies than that. But really, 1980 on. I said, if you give me a movie, I can give you the, the year. Plus or minus one year. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's and usually. I hit. I think we we bet drinks on it. I hit four out of five, and the one I mit they missed, they picked a fucking f- like foreign movie. It wasn't okay. like a U.S. box. That's something that you were familiar. Movie. Okay, that's and I was like, it, it is actually a famous movie. It's that movie. I think it was about Brazil or set in Brazil. It's like 
Children of God or something like that. It's a famous movie. It was like, it was like nominated or won like Best Picture or something like that in like 2001 or 2002. Are you talking not, not Children of Men? No, not Children of Men. Not that one. Um, Children of God, you said? I'm looking it up because I'm curious. It's something like that. I, I Maybe mm. I... And I was like, anyway, I had heard of the movie and I was like, I have no fucking idea when that came out. Right. All right. Let's get into some tweet length reviews. Dominic, I'm going to kick it off with our guest of honor. So do you want me to read my little? Yeah. Write-up? All right. So great visuals and soundtrack. Favorite scene is K- uh, Kale flying the ship. No, 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 Stop, stop, stop. Oh, no? Just, just, the, just the tweet length review part. All right. Easily one of my favorite animated movies of my childhood needed to do a little bit more world building, particularly when it comes to humanity's place in the galaxy Mm. and their issues with the dredge. Excellent voice acting. Bill Pullman was my favorite by far. He's a veteran of fighting genocidal aliens. I was saluting him while watching him on the 4th of July years ago. I am also upset it did not release on the 4th of July. Oh, man. Seven... 0.5 0.5 out of 10, soundtrack 10 out of 10, voice acting 10 out of 10. Okay. Wow. So, wow. Okay. In Dominic's defense, he does not have a Twitter account, so he does not know the length of a tweet. Right. <laughs> Though I did right. say 140 to 200. The year yeah. was 2000. <laughs> a little bit long winded, but it was an excellent job of a brief review. Yeah. What do you got? I thought you Al? said that your favorite, least favorite was part of your little. No, 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 no. That's it. It's just, a, just things to have prepared. Tweet length review. It's fine. Space. Grade space favorite moment space. I think, I think you're looking for comma. <laughs> Either one of them. <laughs> well, because comma did... is the punctuation you're reaching for, sir. <laughs> well, I think either one applies because there was no space between the tweet length review <laughs> and his favorite moment. It's just right, hey, right it's my through first it. time doing this. All right, give me some. Give me some. Uh, all, right, all, right, all right, Al. What do you got for me? This was better than I feared. I was concerned the nostalgia would drive my enjoyment, but it's actually solid for a kid's movie. Very of its time. Yeah. 7.5 out of 10. Nice. Okay. We're all, we're all pretty close on this one. Wait, hang uh, on a second. Dominic, what was your grade? 7.5 out of 10. Oh, no. And uh, I have here a guilty pleasure soundtrack, including Lit and Creed. Check. Intense action sequences. Check. Sci-fi daddy issue. Hella check. <laughs> Titan AE is a surprisingly mature, although fairly cookie-cutter sci-fi action adventure with an even more surprising amount of genocide for an animated movie rated PG. See? <laughs> 7 out of 10. <laughs> okay, hang on a second. This is really important. You mentioned yeah. Creed. <laughs> yeah. Can you extrapolate on that? Expound on that? The, uh, the song Higher is in the movie? <laughs> yeah. Where? Because I did doze off when I was watching this movie, but the thing is, I remembered for sure that that song was in the movie, and I don't remember where it is. Uh, is it when they're flying on Dathomir? Is that what it was? <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember. I, I, it's, it's in there. I, I know it's in there somewhere, whether it's in the credits or in the... I think it's in the actual runtime of the movie. So I was so sure that that song was in the movie before I put the movie on. The only- I don't remember hearing the song, and I was like... Have twenty years of my life been you, alive? You, no, no, no. You, you are. It, it's definitely in there. I can't pinpoint exactly where it was, and the only reason why I can't is because 
after I watched it, I listened to the soundtrack while I was working like all day. So and it was showing up in there. So so that's the thing is I couldn't remember. It's like okay, was it on the credits or was it maybe in the trailer for when the movie came out? Because it I could have been the trailer. That would maybe that's. But what I thought it was. I, I thought it was in the actual movie. movie when it was coming out when I was a kid, and, yeah. and like in fact, it was like a major Man. part of my like. 10th birthday because we lived in an apartment complex that had a media room. We rented out. It was essentially ah, a small so cool. theater there. We rented it out to play the movie and it was a hit. Um, ah, and I was like, that's awesome. I remember. Cause like that was definitely that song was that time, right? 2000 Creed done. Signed, sealed, delivered. Um, and I remember that song being part of the movie. <laughs> and I was like, wait, when was it? Was it in this? And I was like, Oh, is it that scene where he's flying with the weird, like, manta ray ghost things? Yeah. And that's like, what oh, I know. That's what's... that other song, It's My Turn to Fly, because mm. it was also equally 2000. Right. Two. Right. Oh, man. It's, it's a great, it's a, there's something about this movie. The soundtrack, I mean, I say great, like, it's 2000s great. You know what I mean? Like, the soundtrack. But what the best part about it is how they do not cut well at all when they decide to start playing the music and the music comes in at a volume that is far too high for, for the rest of the movie and i don't even mind oh no it's like okay no fuck you we're just doing a rock yeah, concert now yeah exactly, Ex- right now. exactly also we're gonna weld everything during the song dude there were so many welding montages to 90s new metal oh yeah it, yeah so good all that all that 90s music welding just just taking a giant wrench and turning bolts on whatever it didn't matter it, T- taking a slightly <laughs> smaller wrench on other bolts while being fed a sandwich <laughs> <laughs> oh man this movie's a treat it's a treat. It kind of is. Like I, I, I'm, I'm serious. Like to to expound a bit on on my tweet length review. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, I remember liking this a lot as a kid. I saw a bit of it, like maybe like in the past year or so, but it was like seriously ten minutes of it. It's like, does this movie hold up in any way, shape, or form? And honestly, the soundtrack does not hold up at all. Now, oh no, it holds up incredibly well as a snapshot of that period of time. Absolutely, as we've alluded to, it is. The most, specifically the year 2000 movie. <laughs> um, but after Including the it, animated haircuts. <laughs> including the animated haircuts that moved just a little bit, of, like enough for like in 2000s, like, wow, that's super realistic to now where it's like, oh God, no. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but I, you know, I was like, I remember liking this movie a ton when I was a kid. I remember watching it so many times between the years of let's call it 2000, 2003 and then never again. Mm. And I'm like, I feel like I remember it basically beat for beat, which I largely did. And yeah, with the exception of one thing that I realized has never quite been answered for me properly. Okay. There's one central question I have, and I wonder if you guys have it too. Why did the dredge go after them? Yes. That's my question too. Because they, of where we were headed, because they have the thing. We were no, they yes, were they were exactly, they were, they were snuffing us thing. out before we came too powerful. Yeah, because we had the thing. Yeah, that doesn't make exactly. any sense though, because the whole point of this is that they've just achieved. Hang on, sorry, you were about ahead. to tell me that a year two thousand sci-fi movie doesn't make any sense. There is no argument. <laughs> you know what? If we're going to review the movie, we're going to review it properly. <laughs> no, so no, that's what because, we're going to do. 
Because there are some fairly well written and like sure, clever yeah, I, I'm only kidding. Like uh, there's so there's the writing of this movie is above its station for what it is. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it just feels like the central issue. They like stuck a post-it note on a board like Dredge come and kill everyone for technological advancement. Oh, no, what's oh. technological advancement? We'll get to that later. It doesn't matter. Like that's the point. No, no. Dude, all, all of that information w- is in the hour of the movie that was cut out. There's an hour of the movie that was cut out? I mean, didn't you watch it? Like, it seems like I we have. were missing it's a lot. <laughs> no, no. I, I, it's not like a legitimate hour okay. that was cut out. But I was saying, yes. watching the movie, that was my only issue with it, really, was that it jumps, it moves so quickly through, like, the character building is, is, is basically non-existent. It's just like, these people don't like each other, now they like each other. These people don't like each other. Now they like each other, yeah. and that's it. And like we're just gonna skip over it. And like, and if actually, they... for what it was, I thought it did that formula better than other. You know what movie this reminds me of a bit, and it's a movie that's an hour longer than this, and still felt like it did less. <laughs> and it's The Force Awakens. Hmm. It's very similar in its structure and its. How they like build like the new characters, right? I thought that this did a better job of satisfying some of those relationship and world building things than that movie did. Oh, I don't. And, know. I would. I would disagree with that. And maintaining a lot of the propulsive pace of we're doing the chase thing, where it's like <laughs> we're here and we're getting chased, and then we're there and we're getting chased, and we're going here and we're getting chased, and it's like somehow this it felt more natural in this movie than it did in that one. Like it, it felt like we accomplished more. In less time. No. So I don't this know. Is the, this is might... the Dexter movies. Chase me, chase me. The, uh, <laughs> I, uh, I, I really just wanted the movie to be either like an hour longer or like I, basically this could have made for a really epic either trilogy or two parter that was like where they really just kind of they dive a little deeper. Yes. Maybe they they don't show their hand until I don't know the end of one of the films or like have, I mean it's it's. I know I've seen the movie before, but like you see everything coming because of how quickly it's moving. That's true. You know, but if you if you were to slow it down and take your time and build relationships, like those cuts would be a little bit deeper. I mean, you know? don't get me wrong, I would definitely appreciate more backstory on like New Bangkok and like all of yeah. that situation and, and Akima growing up in that and why she is the way she is and why she's so passionate about this cause a little bit more about what jaded Kale so badly. I mean, <laughs> sure. He, the planet blew up in front of his face and like the, his yeah, dad that died. doesn't see, I was going to say the planet blowing up doesn't seem to be the least of his worries. I will say that while I was, I, there was a, a small portion of this movie for like 20 minutes, I was like washing dishes and throwing something together. And I had it, my iPad on the counter next to me while, while it was playing through something and uh, was watching it and washing the dishes. And I had to stop, Draw my hands and rewind it to make sure that I heard it right. But Kale says something, I'm paraphrasing here, uh, probably pretty, fairly close. Something along the lines of, oh yeah? Well, if it doesn't work out, I'm going to show you how much of my, how much I am, how much I'm like my father. I'll leave. And I went, oh, Jesus! <laughs> I <was> like, yeah. <laughs> well, what's it called? I had, this is one of my notes of the movie was, again... You know, they, they probably could benefit from making it a two-part movie. And I was researching this. They were actually planning on making a video game that they swiftly canceled in terms uh, of horrible box office numbers. 
Anyways, oh, so my complaint me. to the movie is that <laughs> there was just it was too underdeveloped in terms yeah. of plot and world building. You don't need to go super in depth with the whole thing with the dredge, but yeah, I mean the opening scene is this race of aliens is just literally destroying us immediately, and then the next time we see it is that humans are interacting with this galaxy of aliens and this is the mass effect concept where they didn't mass effect did a great job of explaining humans place in the galaxy and all that and where we stand and why we have issues with other races. But in this one, it's like aliens are just dicks. Like why do yeah. they hate humans? There's literally no explanation. And it's literally in the synopsis, like the short little synopsis of, Oh, humans have to, you know, deal with aliens hating them after their world gets blown up. You think like if they're not all dicks, they feel a little bit of sympathy for us. Like, <laughs> what did we do to deserve their hate with well, all this con- shit? To continue the Mass Effect analogy, they're essentially the Quarians who, you know, it's like, well, you meddled and now you're planning well, to They don't give up. us a good sense of we meddled or no. why we pissed off the dredge. That's my saying is they did not do a good job of building the world to say what our issues are with the dredge. What our issues are with the rest of the galaxy, where we stand, and all that, and well, I just that it suffered. The movie suffered a little bit for that. The dread yeah. part, you're right, but the the second part of it that you kind of cut me off for was more. Well, we're now essentially the refugees of the galaxy, and it's well, no one likes the poor people who are begging for stuff. And sure, that's wrong. You know, you like you said, it'd be nice if there was a little empathy. Like, oh, hey, you lost your planet. Let's help you out a little bit. It's no, no, no. You go over there, you dirty scum. Yeah, but the Quarians caused their own issues, and that's why it's a little different. Well, it seems like they're kind of saying the same thing about the humans in this case, right or wrong. Uh, but I, I do. If there's going to be one central underlining problem to this movie, it's they said, and you don't have to explain it in the first five minutes of the movie. It's fine. They're like, oh, you know, the Dredge don't like that we've got, you know, this stuff, and it's like, oh, but what specifically? Like, they didn't like that we could create a planet? Because, like, that's what the Titan Project is, right? Yeah. We could create a planet. Why don't the Dredge like that? Because that's... No, there's a, there was a line about um, wherever they were going with tech being potentially threatening to them. That was it. That, but there, like, that was all it was. There was nothing more than that. Well, yeah, but there has I'm saying, to be... I'm not saying that. I'm not defending it. But there that's... You're not... That there was because... a... the What they were pointing at was that they is that the humans getting more intelligent with what they're building, what, whatever they were working on was a threat to them. That's all. Yes, but the thing they were working on was the Titan, which was built... No, no, that... Well, that's a secret project, though. Like, but, like yes, but they, they were, were trying to... But they were trying, they were trying to, to destroy it because... They, no, they were trying... The only reason they're trying to destroy Titan was not because of what it could do, is because they were trying to wipe out the human race. It really wasn't about the Titan project. But then... So then, then the failing is... Well, what else were they working on that was... Oh, no, I, I completely agree. Yeah, like, we're not told. We're just, we're told at face value that it was a threat to them in some way. And that's what I'm saying. Like, there's like, there was like a post-it note left, like, oh, we'll figure sure. that out later. But then they never circled back to figure no, that they, out later. They go back to it. I will say I would much rather, I think I would much rather a movie uh, leave me wanting more than overstay its welcome. Sure, which this did. Um, which is why I mean that's your difference between a seven and a, and potentially a five, right? Like yeah. if they if they did this for another hour and still didn't answer any of those questions, five. Oh, you know what I mean? Just, just like <laughs> a, an interminable slog. <laughs> right, exactly. It's, uh, it's what's it called? As for character building, you know, 
it, it definitely leaves you a little wanting. You know, Goon and Stith are just kind of there to enhance the enjoyment. They're, they're R2-D2 and C-3PO, essentially. Mm. Um, as for Kale... If, C- and- if C-3PO well, had three-jointed well, legs. Yes. Let, Kale, let's pause, uh, on, pause on them for a second, though, because um, one note that I have on Goon is really striking in this movie. John Linguizamo has the same sort of draw for me as Robin Williams. I think he's as funny. I think that I he has this... I can't believe that's him. I can't his, believe that's him. He's got such an insane... Like, he's so good at what he does comedically, and he's also a very good dramatic actor. Like, I just don't think that he ever gets... For whatever reason, he doesn't get the same sort of, uh, like, pull that... Like, you, you mentioned Robin Williams, and I feel like everybody, like, loses their shit. But I, I would put them in the same class. Well... Two things. One, this is the... I mean, he's done a lot of different voices, but this is by far the farthest out of voice that he's done. And he did it well. And it makes me wonder what else he has like that he's like kept hidden in all this time. Like, What other voices could he do? Because Robin Williams obviously did a million voices too. Most of John Leguizamo's career, the only jobs he could get was go be the Hispanic guy. Like, no, I, that's well, yeah, just which is been his career, which obviously an obvious problem. Yeah, <laughs> but except for, except for when he played Luigi Mario in uh, that awful. Oh my god! Yeah, in, in, in hey, one of the worst hey, movies. Hey, you ever bite made. your tongue, <laughs> Luigi Mario. What a great name. We just we know it's awful. We don't say it out loud. <laughs> All right. <laughs> oh man, I want to watch brother's that. Names, whose last name is also Mario. Yeah, Mario, Mario, Luigi, Mario. Uh, but I, I, I always the thing is I always liked him. I, I, growing up, I saw a couple of movies with him like that were like really, really goofy, and he had that draw that like that Jim Carrey goofiness that I loved. Well, the one and, that we we mentioned, or I mentioned it, and you were like, "Oh my god, I'm so glad that you knew the movie was The Pest." Oh yeah, hundred percent. I've seen The Pest upwards of forty times. <laughs> oh my god, I've seen it like. In parts, like three or four times, and never in the last like sixteen years. So sure, yeah, I could definitely say that I've seen it in the last sixteen years more than once. Uh, <laughs> it's ridiculous. The scene on but, the boat. Uh, the scene on the boat. It makes me physically it's too, ill. It's, so. Yeah, that's that's fair. Uh, the deer goose always gets me. Uh, it's I love it. Uh, but I, he's just I find him to be so funny, and I just wish that he was in more because I I could I could do with a lot more of him. I think he's he, great. Yeah, I'm surprised that yeah, especially now where like he has a body of work that he doesn't get more opportunities to be whatever it is that he wants to be. I mean, really, the only thing from the last few years I can think of even that he was in was John Wick. It's a one line. Yeah. What was um? And what was his his basically his other half his the C three PO to him? What was that character's name? Stiff. Stiff. Yeah. Stiff. And that that was Janine Garofalo. Which I totally forgot. I remembered that jo- that John Leguizamo was goon. I totally forgot that Janine Garofalo was stiff. And the vo- like that voice is great too. Another great voice. Like I don't know. Like there, there was some really fun voice acting in the movie. That's what I said. That's why I gave it a ten out of ten. Is they had some yeah. great ones. We had you know the president from Independence Day. Yeah, you have Matt, Dam- Matt Damon. Matt Damoning. Yeah. The, I would say the the weakest links are probably and not not that they were well. Not that it was bad specifically, it's just that it wasn't like it was it was just Matt Damon and it was just Drew Barrymore. It didn't feel like it was them them like she doing was, a character. She was nominated, and I looked this up beforehand. She was nominated for Best Voice Actor that year. Really? Yeah. For this? Yeah, for this. For for the Oscars or for something else? 
I think it was for the Oscars. She lost. She didn't win it, but she was nominated. Because this movie was nominated for... Well, I was clicking on it on IMDb, and I was like, wait, this movie was nominated for what? And it was for, <laughs> Sa- it was for a Saturn Award, so... Oh, uh, okay. Um, but, yeah, no, you're right. Like, they were basically just, this is Drew Barrymore playing Akima, and this is Matt Damon playing Kale. Bill Pullman... Well, he still sounded like Bill Pullman, but he was playing... Like a conniving bastard. It was. It usually. was. It was different though. There was really a voice job. put on. He did like. It was like more of a gruff, yeah. like also jaded. I don't. Know. Hang on. Sorry. This is this is under my least favorite moments, and mo- mostly because it was why it's just entirely too shocking, uh, and definitely too graphic for PG. Like this is the scene that pushes the movie into PG thirteen, and when that he is the Breed's neck. Yeah, what in the Nathan hell? Lane's yes. <laughs> yeah. Not yeah. When he snaps Nathan Lane's Nathan neck Lane's because neck. it breaks for whatever reason it breaks everything about the movie, and it's yeah. now it just seems like these two characters kill like these two human beings killing each other. Like it's too visceral. You know, (laughs) they tipped their cards a little while before that, but for the most part, you're right. They weren't, like, you know, the only people who really died was, like, an anthropomorphic bug and a bunch of dredge or energy, like, and they're the bad guys. Well, and the the human race. Well, the entire human race. (laughs) Um, But, hey, listen, some ships flew away. But it's, you know, think, well, again, you haven't gotten that far into Rebels. Earth got got. Is what I'm saying. <laughs> uh, you haven't got that far into Rebels, and it's like it's a thing they. So when you look back at the Clone Wars show, they picked their t- spots at times, but for the most part, they were not to the level of a normal Star Wars movie. But they, you know, they were willing to kill people, especially if they were, you know, they killed a million droids. They were willing to kill a handful of clones. People would die mostly if they were going to have a visceral death. It would be off screen. You might see the result of it after it was done, and then Rebels. Really, no one ever dies on screen, but they blow up so many ships, including yeah. like a lot of Star Destroyers. And it's like, mm-hmm. for a kid, it's like, oh, they blew up that ship. And then for you, it's like, there's 5,000 people on that ship. Yeah, it's the whole it's the whole clerks yeah, thing about talking about now. the private contractors on the Death Star. <laughs> yeah, I think that they, they, Clone Wars was actually more gratuitous. They I, tortured... No, I I'm just I you, just said they were more aggressive in that. They were, they were but it, I think it's I think you understated it a little bit. They they tortured uh, <laughs> Jedi to death. They literally had episodes devoted to slavery and torturing all of them. I, and, I, I get it. I totally understand. But what I'm saying is the majority of the graphic nature of those things didn't happen on screen. Is the point I'm making. And yeah, that this, that that next they, snap. Whew. In this, they tipped their hands a little while before the pre-death, which is for sure an exclamation point at the end of all of this. But when they're escaping in one of the points, like oh, it was when they were like had, when they were docked with New Bangkok, and like Akima gets shot up, and it's like yeah, oh, laser bolt through the shoulder, and there's a hole in her arm, and she's bleeding, yeah. and it's like and oh. blood, yeah, yeah. It was like like real. you watch the laser bolt enter the back of her shoulder. And emerge from the front of the shoulder, yeah. and there's now a gaping hole there, and the blood uh-huh. seeping below. I was like, "Oh wow, that's we're stepping up a little bit from what." You no, know, but everyone's but, okay. Everyone's alive. Everyone's fine. You know. And oh no, he he, he snapped Nathan. Lane. With yeah, with the, with the next snap though, the, what really what really makes it too much, what really pushes it over the line, is the uh, the effort that it took and the slight struggle as he's doing it and it was just too much it was too much for an animated movie and the movie's pg and there's no way in hell 
more realistic death than when Bane killed Daggett. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, the only way that this could have matched is if after he hit the ground, he screamed. <laughs> That's what I was saying. More realistic, because yeah. one, you know, too many movies, someone snaps someone's neck and it's like, that was too easy. That's probably not how that goes in real life. Like, I've never snapped a neck, but I have to imagine it's slightly more difficult, especially if the person knows you're fighting them. Sure. You know, it's different if you sneak up on someone, I guess, than when you're in the middle of a fight. But, Dominic, we did The Dark Knight Rises a few weeks ago with Gary, and it was like, it still to this day baffles me that whole scene in which the very long protected <laughs> scream happened, which a very ma- large man is. Ah, 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 ah. <laughs> Stop it's, yelling, it's, yeah, you're they, dead. They say that he laughs during that scene. The, the unfortunate. Dark truth to all this, and I'm just a bit dark, is that I've met some military guys who explained to me the process of snapping a neck, and it's actually not too far off from, from what I've heard. I have not actually taken place in it, but speaking to, it's like Christopher Lee explaining to What's-His-Face on how to actually stab someone to death like he did in uh, Lord of the Rings. It was kind of like that moment. Ugh. Yeah, Ugh. No, that's what I'm saying. It's kind of like one of those, like, yeah... Yeesh. All right. Let's talk about favorite mo- moments. Um, All right. I want to start. Uh, me, yeah. That would definitely be, uh, you know, the 2000 song, the It's My Turn to Fly. Sure. I love that scene. Uh, it, it, I sent you guys both a text with the whole. Uh, uh, did you see the meme I sent you, Anthony? That would I pretty did. much explain my feelings when I hear this song. I did not. What did you got? What was please, it? Please look real quick. Mm <laughs> hmm. Oh yeah, for sure. Yes, that's exactly <laughs> that's exactly how I feel whenever I heard that song and saw that scene, and I'm just jamming out to that song. Um, yeah, <laughs> I just thought it was a cool moment. You know, Kale grows up without a father, and Corso is his new father figure. Um, you know, as for any young kid, and I don't personally know what this feels like, but you know, his father was doing something very, very important, literally ensuring the survival of the human race, and he wasn't there for him, so he wasn't there to teach him sports and, and encourage him when he was doing something right. So Corso was his new father, father figure. So him letting him do what he loves and that's flying through all this. is just a beautiful shot. And that was just my favorite scene of the whole movie. But yes, it is kind of funny the way the, the sound cuts in with the, with that whole scene, but yeah. I definitely love that scene. And for some reason it made me think of uh, Anakin Skywalker in Phantom Menace. Are you an angel? Uh, <laughs> angel. Oh God! Makes you think of the Star Angels, yeah. Al, <laughs> <laughs> oh, what do you got? I think I'm gonna go with just generally like montages and montage adjacent like scenes because yeah, okay. This had some like '80s style montage action. It did. It kicks off like pretty early on too, and it's not exactly a montage, but it's kind of during the chase scene. Like we get some quick cuts of we're running through halls and we're getting shot at. And now we're in like this fucking like moving thing and we're getting shot at and we're blowing stuff up and I got to fix this thing. And Oh God, I got thrown off the thing and I got to save him. And you know, it's almost a montage. There's music playing behind it. We have the welding montage as we're building the ship. You know, there's some solid montage action in this movie. Yeah, I completely agree. That was actually one of my uh, list items, but I'll I'll move on from that because I have the perfect way to do this. I have a my favorite moment is going to be followed by my least favorite moment, and we'll kind of go we'll we'll do a snake thing here. We'll go back to Al after this favorite moment. 
the introduction of Goon and uh, everything, every scene that he's in is my favorite. Like they're so <laughs> funny. They're like he cracks me up to know it. Like he, it's exactly what I'm looking for when I watch an animated movie. I love that character, and I know that that per, that character is put there for the cheap laugh to some degree. Oh, but it's by far his campiest character. There is there is a skill to it though. Like it's been done wrong. Like it's been done where it's very flat. It just doesn't hit any everything that and it's John Leguizamo does with the character is perfect, and it's so funny. Uh, it cracks me up every time. Uh, following up with my least favorite moments is when whenever anybody's mean to Goon, it bothers me. It all like <laughs> on a deep level. <laughs> well, yes. Although there's one specific moment. Why didn't they say goodbye to Goon? And I was like, Yeah. Oh. Oh, horrible. When, oh, when he, when I, I mean, based on the track record of the movie, assumed that he died, I was like, what a hero. What right? a hero. The fact that they actually didn't kill him, like, is actually, is very surprising to me. Ret- retcon or heroic overcoming of circumstances? Because he just shows up and says, like, finish my nap. Yeah, uh, for a great line. First off, uh, <laughs> also, why uh, doesn't Stiff check for a pulse? <laughs> I think it's over coming of circumstances because Stiff is like more. I feel like she's a little bit more hot headed and immediately reactive to situations. I, I was true to the character to be like emotional and then run in based on what she thought was the case. Well, I just assumed, considering how large and strong she was, that she would have just like slung him across her shoulders and like run mm. in with him. No, oh. she loves Goon. Why they no say goodbye to Goon? <laughs> <laughs> oh man! All right, well, Al, give me give me a least favorite. Why they no say favorite. goodbye to Goon? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Goon. So good. You have a well, least favorite. Also, I love I love I love the spelling of Goon's name. What? It, yeah, it's weird, right? It's G U N E. Yeah. <laughs> Stupid. Uh, I don't know if I have a least favorite. Uh, you know what? Just for. <sighs> It's just kind of like messy how it plays out specifically. And I think this kind of goes to the point you're making of if we were going to make this like a quote unquote like feature length film, we're going to make this a two plus hour movie. The sequence where where Kale gets trapped by the dredge doesn't mm. really fit the movie as currently constituted. Yeah. I'm it's, the only, it's the only section of the movie I feel like that like kind of sticks out a bit like a sore thuckle. Yeah, <laughs> I would I would agree. Dominic, something least favorite. I don't know a specific scene. It's hard to say. Yeah, I've I've told my issues in that I thought the overall world building was a little uh, messy and, and lacking. Maybe some of the scenes on Dathomir were uh, underwhelming. Oh, I was yes. like reading. I was reading up on the lore behind the people, the Gowl. I couldn't remember what they were called. Uh-huh. I think it's pronounced Gowl. And it was saying something, the, the wiki for the movie was saying that they were allies to Kale's father and they helped him create the Titan AE and he couldn't have done so without their technology. And, and uh, they're one of the most intelligent species in the galaxy. And I'm just like, where is all this in the movie? You, you don't understand any of that taking away that from this movie. Yeah. Yeah, I think they yeah, were... Hand up, so I don't, I don't really know what you're... Uh... Oh, no, that's their intelligence. Oh, yeah. Oh. 
so, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I loved I, I, I thought that was kind of lacking in ter- and it was just going to my greater point of of world building you know it's like yeah on, I think like, they were here I think that I forgot what you said what you call them uh I think the you say, uh, I think they call the night brothers <laughs> uh, yes the bad people of Dathomir. <laughs> um anyway no yeah you're, you're you're right also al held his hand up to this to the camera with a scene from the movie of holding the hand up to the moon uh the dramatic disdain when kel was holding his hand the wrong way and the bat thing like looks at him and dramatically flips his hand the other way i was like that's pretty great like it's really stupid but uh I appreciate it. <laughs> it's nonsense, but I, I'm with you. That was a. It was a. It was. It's a little bumpy. A lot. Like a lot of that stuff is just like the not building it out, not spending the time, not really diving deep into any of the post-it notes that they left on the board, as Al put it. <laughs> um, but uh, I have one note here, and I wasn't going to say it because it it seems mean, but I it's it sounds meaner than I mean for it to sound because it's not. I don't really mean ne- this bad. But I have, uh, as part of my least favorite moments, Drew Barrymore, Drew Barrymoreing, and it's there is go on. She's okay. She's played the I I, I her her voice can get to me sometimes uh, in the character that she plays, and I feel like there are times where it's this. It, I feel like she plays the same character a lot, and I didn't get I didn't get a new character out of her in it. It just felt like the same. I don't know. It felt like. The what character about, from Never Been Kissed in space. What about or, when she played Jillian in Family Guy? What's that? So what about when she played Jillian in Family Guy? Eastern uh, in specific time. That was that was actually that was that was good. That was okay. So so it's there, and that's that. I guess that's more like they between her and Matt Damon. I didn't feel like they were necessarily performing like i i just it, it felt more like they were just reading with certain inflection <laughs> you know what i mean yeah like everybody else felt like they were really there like they were in it but the, the i mean not, the best the best actual performance is probably bill pullman right because it's kind of a layered yes agree like yeah personality to corso right where he, he has to yes. play the you know the the crusty old you know quote-unquote old man he plays the mentor to him, the you know, like kind of the like the fatherly mentor to him, and then it's the bastard traitor who's gonna do whatever he's gonna do to get his right. Yeah, yeah. I, I he, he was he was fantastic. Goon was fantastic. Sith, 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 Stiff, Stiff, Stiff was fantastic. Uh, you know, who was also fantastic was uh Ron Perlman as Howard Stark, which I didn't realize <laughs> until this view. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know what it is, and. I, I do think that a part of the issue that I had with uh, the performances of Matt Damon and Drew Barrymore was more, it was probably more in the writing of those characters. They were a little bit, they were just, they were actually not a little bit, they were a lot of it generic. Yeah. Like they were just kind of, it was like generic hero yeah. and love interest character. And like they, they were, while her character actually had an interesting backstory that I would have loved to get into. Like if they if the movie was longer and we actually spent time there, it would have been pretty awesome. Um, yes. His was pretty much there, and like we we like that there wasn't didn't seem like there was much more to it. Yeah. No, if he we, was kind of what it was. Yeah. If yeah, we could have exactly. seen more development of year, you know, a day in the life of living in giant 
spaceship colonies. The, exactly. After, like, after almost after like a, even flashback or something. Yeah. yeah, that would be really like that's what I'm saying. Like her character, like there's yeah. a there's a haunted past there that we should explore. Yes, uh, they, they yes, throw that <laughs> aspect of life, and you know, I think it was they definitely didn't do enough. And I saw, I was reading the comments because other than me and Al, I didn't really know anyone who saw Titan A. I think maybe Brian saw it, but it's, it's a movie that we never really talk about all that much until mm-hmm. this. But you know, I was reading what critics were saying their complaints were, and you know. One of the biggest ones was they said, you know, like, no character development. And I think it was definitely lacking, but I do think one of the subtle things that was actually not horribly done was why it's so important to find the Titan Project for Akima and why Kale's just like, I don't really give a shit, is yeah. kind of, you know, Kale grew up in the multi-species... Uh, stations dealing with his his father's friend who's an alien so he lived around mostly aliens his entire life so he's just like all right this is just life like what what do i owe to humans what are what are humans so important to me why is it so important to bring back earth and probably it also hit a, a soft you know spot within him like i don't want to go follow this project because that would bring back issues of my father leaving me and all that and akima on the other hand remembers Earth, maybe, or and also remembers what Earth culture was like in that she was living on these new Bangkok kind of ships. So I thought that was a little uh, interesting, uh, subtle character development in terms of yeah. who uh, experienced what and which one was important to whom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that, 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 I agree with you. Like, there's there is some there. I just wanted, like, I wanted more of it, yes, and like, I wanted, I wanted more of everything in that movie. Yeah, which is like I said. Again, I would much rather be in the situation where I'd want, where I want to be with the movie more than I want to be like to leave it behind. Yes. So happy with that. Um, I will say it sucks that I was just looking at the numbers. This movie took a forty million dollar bath when oh. <laughs> it all yes, was said and yes, done, exactly. which is really rough. That's just well, you, you could see for for the time, like there were a handful of like sequences where it's like, oh, this would have been really advanced for then. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Plus, they probably spent a lot of money on music rights. And voice actors. Like, yeah, how much I did mean, all the... Like, everybody was a name, especially at that time. Yeah, you usually don't see those things outside of, like, Disney animated movies. Because, like, there's some right. movies even from back in that time that had really famous, like, voice casts. The only other animated movie from back then I could think of that was like that was, like, Shrek, right? Yeah, but even that was later, right? Like I think wasn't that two thousand one? Oh, was so it? Like I, like feel, I, for some reason, I thought it was. This was yeah. Fox's. I saw this. This is Fox's second and last animated movie. What was the so first? I didn't actually even see, but yeah, huh. clearly the forty million dollars that they pissed away was enough for them to say, "All right, we're not very good at this." Fox Animation Studios. Fox Animation Studios wasn't even aware such a thing existed. Yeah, that's funny. Well, well it's not funny. That's unfortunate, but. Um, yeah, I do wonder, like, pulling the big names, like, having directed a Disney movie, maybe that helped with that? I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't uh, know. But uh, it's interesting. Anyway, uh, if you've gotten this far and you haven't seen the movie, it's still worth a watch. It's a fun, it's a fun yeah. ride. It well, really we is. Should, we should talk about some of the fun things. So I feel like, you know, we did yeah. have the best moment, least moment, but, like, a lot of this has been nitpicking and complete. No, I mean, not nitpicking. I think our criticisms have been fair, but, mm-hmm. you know. 
there are some a lot of fun like there's some fun one liners even like like you said like kind of dark one like oh I'll be with my father I'll leave yeah that one really I was like all right I was like this movie <laughs> I have to say even just forget about some of the lines though he did have a, a line or two but just the delivery of Nathan Lane as pre kind of cracked so up. good. I love Nathan Lane. He his voice in general is so funny and everything. Especially when he's playing yeah. like let's just call it what it is. He's playing like a catty, sarcastic bitch as yeah. like, Preed in this, right? Like and it's like like everything he's doing is just like the like is just a fuck you. <laughs> Favorite Nathan Lane role? Gold member. Oh wow. <laughs> what a pull. What a pull. I'm with you on Lion King. What a pull, though. Uh, is probably- he is... I, I don't know if you've ever seen The Birdcage, but he is... I've seen most of it, but like, I've never like watched it start to finish, but yes, mm-hmm. no, he's really good in that. Oh, man. I just wanted to go for the cameo. That was good. That was good. That cameo is amazing. He has no He has no actual words, right? Oh, you no, bitch. No, he doesn't... He, I don't think he... He might... I think he, like, goes like... Doesn't he mm. say you bitch when, when, when he... And she slaps him? I, I don't think so. I think he just mouths no? it and, and Beyonce is the one saying it. The, the, the part that cracks me up the most is when he does the... Yeah, yeah. Like, the, the thumb snaps. <laughs> so silly. That's, uh, that's another thing, is even though we all love Nathan Lane's part in the movies, it's another... I don't want to complain too much more about it, but why is he a mercenary for the Dredge? Why is he working for the Dredge? Why is the Dredge not threatened by any other species that's more advanced than the humans, why are they not attacking anyone else? And why would anyone else? Uh, wanna because reasons. Notes. That's what I'm saying. Reasons. Yeah. Post-it yeah. Notes. Post-it so notes. Again, I guess this is just going back to our complaints or whatever. It's just like, why are these other species not threatened by the dredge? Why are the dredge not threatened by them? Again, just, you know, that so, takes away from me the whole 10, but you know, yeah, there, know, there just, was, there was one great line. Well, just like I can think of it off the top of my head, and it was kind of a throwaway when he they were trying to when when Akima got like jettisoned by the dredge and they were tracking her down and she was in that whatever like prison block or like the slavery block, slave, was, slave block, yeah, yeah, the slave block, and he comes up with this elaborate, oh yeah, I'm gonna be your like master and I'm gonna be like selling you guys and it's yeah. stiff, stiff and corso and they're under their hoods and they walk up and he's yeah. You know, yeah, he stands too proudly for a slave, and you know, and this one, and you, and yeah, you, you you didn't come in insulting enough, or whatever it was, and and after you know the stiff like breaks him in half or whatever, and he goes, an intelligent guard, <laughs> I couldn't count for that. <laughs> <laughs> Who would have yeah. thought? <laughs> that, that was good. I liked uh, I uh, on the note of kale, like, and I said like he wasn't, like, he was a little bit. Um, flat, but there was there was some fun sarcasm up in the front of the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, specifically, I pulled up this line, which I think is really funny. It's after his first encounter with uh with the president, uh, where yeah. he says, "Maybe I've been wrong all these years, and it's taking your inspiring speech to make me see it. You really changed me. It's beautiful. I think we've got a hug." <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know, as we're talking about this movie, can we not have a Cheers to Planet Bob? Ah, oh, Planet Bob for sure. Cheers. Sure, I'm never calling it that. I'm calling it. <laughs> no one said you had to Planet Bob. Even if you guys are not going to cheers for it. I'm going to cheers for it. So I, my drink is empty. I don't have Same. anything to cheers you with. Um, I actually I forgot about the. I think uh, Bob. You can't name a Planet mm-hmm. Bob. Why not? <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> you don't know. One said you have to live here. So boring that 
our uh, planet's name is Earth. I actually appreciated at the end of all of it that it said New Earth, parentheses, Planet Bob. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I find it pretty boring that our, our planet's name is Earth. Um, I was looking, I'm scrolling through the IMDb quotes to see if there's anything worth pulling from here, but uh, so far. I'm oh, oh. Hmm, <laughs> that, that was great. Hmm, spaghetti derivative, meatballs, sort of anyway, and oh, Kaldorf droppings. Who ate this before you did? <laughs> Actually, I, did I think it was funny when he takes his thing and he goes, listen, I work a long day or whatever it is, and I don't think it's too much for me to ask that my food be killed before I eat it. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I was looking up other movies released in 2000 and around this time frame. So these fools, hey, like I said, we have Bill Pullman pretty fresh off of facing the aliens in Independence Day. Why did they not release this movie closer to the 4th of July, for one? For two, they had to compete with the Patriot, Scary Movie. Uh, hold on, let me bring up this list again. There's a couple I, other I, ones. I do have to say, I don't believe this movie competed against those movies. In terms of if you're going to go see a movie at this time frame, which one are you going to see? Yeah, that's what I mean. I don't think it competed against those. This was meant like you take your children to it. You don't take your children to see a scary movie. Or Again, I know it's it's not direct competition. I'm just saying. Is but you could have had like a better cho- like a better chance in like March. Yes, that's what I'm saying. Is you know if you're going to go see a movie and you're only seeing one movie every few months or a few weeks. You probably like not like to go to another one after you go see this one. Is that oh, yeah. what the, is that what the lesson here is? Don't do big blockbuster animated movies about space because I know Mars Need Moms bombed like fucking crazy as well. It was I like one of the one. very few. Well, no one did. It was one of the very few like major flops that like I'm pretty sure that was Disney Pixar did uh, like maybe the hmm. only flop that they had. Um, the the character that. Kale was with when the alien character in the beginning that likes that helped tech? him escape. Is that tech? Okay. So that is portrayed by also a great character portrayed by tone lock. Yeah. Who <laughs> was just tremendous in Ace Ventura. Pet Detective. <laughs> I don't know. But, uh, he, he's got a, he's got, he's a, one of those iconic voices. I feel like I do. Like I knew who it was. Yeah, um, although, and it's, the voice is very, well, not very, but it's different, and the person is very, very different. Like, the first time he opened his mouth, I was like, wait, Harvey Firestein didn't do this, did he? <laughs> because they're both, like, the two raspiest people I've ever heard in my life. Yeah, yeah. I don't know, I see him, and I, he just, I, well, I think about him being, like, putting up with Jim Carrey as Ace Ventura in that police station and like just the look on his face. And it's just, that cracks me up. His acting in that scene really get like, it really cracks me up. And I, I was, I was picturing that when he was like having to deal with Kale's nonsense sometimes, which is <laughs> just kind of funny. I would say but, overall, this movie did chase scenes and such like really well. Mm. Cause that first like scene in the beginning when the, the dredge come into the, the cafeteria and they escape oh. was actually really strong. The, the whole, the whole, even before that, the opening of the movie was awesome with the voiceover and then followed by like the destruction of the planet. That was yeah. pretty crazy. 
But I just mean, like, I felt like the chase scenes actually mm-hmm. get the juices flowing a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, the well, scene... also, they, they kick that soundtrack in at, at 11. Well, so. <laughs> don't get me wrong. You know, the music, the specifically the year 2000 music, was really strong in all of that as well. I have the question is, Al, can you take me higher? Can you take me <laughs> that, that was in, uh, what is that, uh, in Neighbors, right? Wasn't that part of their uh, their fraternity chat no. uh, chant oh i don't remember i was thinking i think it's of, neighbors i was thinking of uh 22 jump street when they do the drug and i forget which one that one was was it wi-fi or is that the first one that might have been the first one and they take they take the drug and um i forget the song that Chen and tatum hears but he's got this like it's like gumdrops and rainbows and like sunshine and he's like it's like party music yeah and jonah hill's got this like dark, depressing. It looks like hell, and it's Creed singing. Can you? T- <laughs> oh and he's God. like got his hands in his pockets. He's wearing all black, and he's like bobbing his head <laughs> a little bit, like back and forth, like it, like in Charlie Brown, the one like kid. I was at Pigpen. I forget who which one it is. Who's like dancing, yeah. and his his head keeps going to either side. Like it sort of reminds me a little great. bit. Of- I have one kind of question about Corso's main betrayal plot, though. Mm-hmm. If you are going to plan to betray people like this. You're going to take sure. them. You're going to sell your soul and take the big payout. Yeah. Couple, couple of things. One, you got to find a way to keep yourself safe because if this race of aliens can destroy a whole planet, they can destroy you super. Exactly. Easy. That's sure. sure. Two. Also, you probably shouldn't yell about it with the door open. Yes. Yeah. Well, we're getting there. Don't get me. Okay. Gotcha. Two. If you're going to do it, make sure that the other traitorous bastard is working with you isn't going to sell you out for even more freedom or safety or whatever. I'm not entirely sure what pre game on that was. Right. They were better off together than alone. And how much more money could they really be paying him? Yeah. Three, make sure you close the door before you have a screaming match with the people you're betraying other people yeah. with. Yeah. And four, and possibly most importantly, if you want to... Because if they just stumbled on Kale, Decided, wow, he's worth more to us dead than alive. Mm-hmm. Fine. If you're going to go through the effort of tracking him down and bringing him to the planet and trying to, or well, I guess technically wasn't a planet, it was the nebula with the, the Titan in the middle of it. If you're going to go through all those things, and it's taking you years to do it, are you really going to recruit true believers? Because Akiba is like a true believer, right? And like it's like humanity's on the brink of extinction. She right. desperately wants to repunt. You're going to recruit true believers to your cause and then betray them, but not right. kill them. Because if you decide right then and there, oh, I'm going to just like execute them and we'll be done. Fine. Really fucked up. Really dark. But you let those people stay in the game. Those true believers. And they're just going to, well, I guess there's nothing to be done. Humanity's over. Yeah, well, yeah, I, I completely agree with you. I would say that in the missing hour of this movie, what probably happens is that he... Uh, He's not all bad to begin with. And something on screen happens that really jades him and he turns. See, that's always been my take on the movie up until watching it this time. I've always oh, yeah. felt like, no, that's oh. not what happened. <laughs> like, like, I've always felt like, oh, he was in. They got to him and right. he's now going against them because then he ultimately rejects that pretty simply, right? It's, uh, maybe I'll do it. He said, stop pointing that gun at my family. (laughs) (laughs) But, like, realistically, 
when you watch the movie, there's really only one way to interpret it. I think it is that he was always planning this. And it's like... Oh, yeah. 100%. Man, how did they get to you? Because that's him in the beginning of the movie, isn't it? Who's driving his father? Uh, I think so. Because like, he's like... I think so. Uh, yeah, because they like, were together. He has like one line, and but he and he has no gray in his like temple or goatee or whatever. But right. I'm like 95% sure that's supposed to be him. Yeah. Who shuttles the father to the Titan. Yeah, I think so. So, like, you went through all of that, and you were the true believer recruiting true believers, and then you got bought out? And, like, if you're going to get bought out, maybe make sure you pay the whole crew so none of them decides, no, we're going to still keep doing this thing. Yeah. I don't think it was just about the money. I think he also says in the movie, like, we can't beat them, so... Oh, that's just a convenient excuse to justify... I think he he might actually believe that. I mean... I think it's just a it's a convenient excuse to justify him selling out and taking. I don't yeah. know because then if it was just about the money, why would he then turn later in the movie to well, help? We, we can all agree there is a missing hour of this movie somewhere. Yes, yes there is. <laughs> I, I, this movie was too short, and I hate it. I, I think I hate it more when movies are too short and are leaving too much shit out that would make it a better movie than when a movie's a little too long. I, 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 I'm the other way. I, like I said, I would rather have more, want more than be left with no. feeling exhausted by the end of the movie. I mean, that's just your personal opinion. It's just my personal opinion. I just, yeah. It infuriates me because when something's too long, the second time I'm watching it, it's like, okay, maybe I just fast forward through the scene or whatever. But when something's too short, I can't, can't fast forward. I think, I'm, I, I think what it comes down to is I'm a little bit more forgiving of omissions than I am of mistakes making their way directly into the movie. <laughs> and maybe that, that's probably part of why I prefer that. If it's an omission, I feel like they just, A, couldn't think of something to fill that, or B... They got a post enough for that. It's, it's on the board. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. They, I think they, they just weren't <laughs> confident in their movie, or they weren't clever enough to... Come the, up post, with something to the, the post-it board. notes on the back of the board. They, they, you know the board, you flip it? Yeah. And they, oh, they forgot to pull it back. Okay. This reminds me of a, a project that I did with Damien back in college where we spent a hell of a lot of time figuring out this project. We were eating chicken kickers from Domino's. We were drinking beers. We had, we had a good time, but we, we got it. We felt good about it. The next morning, Damien texts me and goes, there's a back to the assignment. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, I, I do love that moment when my students end in their work, and it's, all right, Mr. B, I'm done. You didn't think I was going to get it done. I said, did you check the back? <laughs> so that is, that is a great moment. The lesson that we learned here is do not print double-sided. <laughs> Gene, we need Gene Parmesan to be like, and that's why you always check the back. <laughs> <laughs> that's why you always check the back. Because I am Gene Parmesan. <laughs> um, we're leaving on the Gene Parmesan note. Yes. <laughs> that's, that's all for this week's episode See, of Flicks in the Six. Al literally falling asleep as we... Oh, oh, he, no, that's, I rallied again. That's what he does at the end. That's all for this week's episode of Flicks in the Six. We hope you enjoyed it. As always, if you have a movie for us to review or nuggets for us to discuss, you can send those requests to Six at thespintune.com or tweet us at thespintune. Tune in next week for more movie and beer goodness. Until then, I'm Anthony Costanzo. I'm Al Bielsi. I'm the peanut gallery. Thanks for coming out. <laughs>